special technique of shadow boxing. first thing they want to do is they want to seize the narrative of history. You see that over and over again, whether it's Mao or Stalin or Hitler, Pol Pot, whoever it is, you take control of the narrative of history. That's very important. And that's what they're attempting to do here. Every nation in every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. It's right fucking in front of us. Like, it's right there. We came... We saw, he died. <laughs> Damn, that's a cold-ass honky. These things are obvious, right? I, I don't run around saying, you know, I'm smarter than everybody when it comes to politics, or I'm even smart. The whole point of this show is that you don't have to be smart to see what's fucking wrong with our system. That's how messed up it is. Who has put pubic hair on my coat? Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. I gotta fart real bad and I gotta shit real bad and I'm afraid if I fart I'm gonna shit. Free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? You delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? I'm not retarded, but I like rocks. I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. I tell you, you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. It's bullshit. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly guys. Yes, they are. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. You sit on a throne of lies. And if you're going to infiltrate some cell somewhere, or a terrorist cell, you have to deal with people that are willing to betray their country, people that are willing to betray their friends, people that want money or other things. And it's not pleasant. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Jesus Christ, I've met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all! All over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. What are you talking about? America's not going to be destroyed. Never. Rome was destroyed. Greece was destroyed. Persia was destroyed. Spain was destroyed. All great countries are destructive. Why not yours? What a shame that a few bad apples have to spoil a good time for everyone by breaking the rules. The revolution will be broadcast. So, what do we do now? You guys want to smoke some drugs? And welcome to the Monday Night Master Debaters. We got some new faces. We got some old faces. It's going to be a fun night. I want to start with, I uh, in my neighborhood, I, I woke up one morning at like 5 o'clock and I look out my window and I thought I saw a white deer. And I was like, two fawns. They were two little babies. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, there's no way. I thought, I'm hallucinating. I'm still not awake. So the other day, actually it was uh, last week, I catch it in the backyard uh, just hanging out. My dog, my shepherd was going nuts. 
And so I see this thing and I'm like, yes, this is awesome. So we send a picture over to the game warden, let them know that they're in the area because they were asking about them too. Well, it took a bad turn yesterday because I was talking with two of my neighbors up the hill a little bit. And when I was walking my shepherd, I ran into two loose German shepherds that were just running and we've had issues with them in the past. Next thing I know, about 40 minutes later, those two shepherds are tracking this fucking white deer mm. through a field. And they're like, oh, shit, because originally there were two of them. Now there's only one. And I have a feeling that one might not be around much longer. But Ooh. really cool to see. because That is cool. Yeah, you not, never see an albino whitetail like that. Yeah, I guess it's called like a, a, a I'm going to get killed by the nature people. It's like a Peebold, P-I-E-B-A-L-D deer and yeah it's they're they're not as rare as you would think but i've never seen one in 44 years so i'd say that's pretty rare yeah it was something (laughs) new to me but yeah really cool to see but unfortunately i don't think much like mother nature always you know that circle of life comes around i don't think that thing has a long future but hey we can hope but Let me get started here. That was enough rambling. Uh, I want to welcome our newcomers, the gentleman from GearDorks.com. Welcome, Christian. Welcome, Steve. How's it going, fellas? Awesome, man. Doing good, dude. Yeah, it's been great. Steve put me onto your show a few weeks ago, and I do a lot of driving for my day job in real estate and stuff, and I've been listening to you guys, and Ryan, you're always cracking me up, man. (laughs) Oh, um, thanks, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I know. You guys have great takes on everything. And it was really cool. Steve, you know, put me on to you guys and somehow made this work. And I think our views align pretty well, which um was cool. So, you know, we're we're excited and happy to be here. I know, Matt. I've been listening to your show probably since you said pretty much since you came out with it. It seems yeah, like we've been talking forever, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we had this Christian brought me into the uh the gear dorks operation when I moved down here to Florida last year. So once we uh once we started getting it rolling, I figured you know what's let's branch out a little bit because he's real big into the uh, Mustang community. So I said figure let's branch out and get some more people uh like minded folks that get involved on the website. Now where are you guys? Where were you before Florida? Uh see, I'm, I'm originally from New Jersey, but um up for the last three years until I moved to Florida, I lived in Vegas. Well, so not too that's far, quite, not too far. Two extremes right there. Yeah, not too from far the from armpit Ryan of America there. out to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a stop in New Mexico on the way there, too. I was in the Air Force for a couple of years, so I did the thing in New Mexico, ended up in Vegas. I so, give him a uh, relentless crap for being from New Jersey, so I know that's hmm. going to probably piss some people off, but, you know. Dude, that's where I was born, so I'm guilty also. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Matt and I were born, like, the next town over or something. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Funny. But, um, yeah, ended up down here our our wives are best friends since they were little kids so that's kind of how we got together and then then i ended up moving down here because i had a good job opportunity and here we are dude that's cool. cool how shit works out like that man i yeah. always love hearing stories like that where things just come together and falling in place and dude i i hope this thing takes off for you guys it's not it's really cool and we'll get into it here in a minute but uh but Thanks, thank man. you guys for hopping on of course, I mean, course. Christian's really the brainchild of this. I'm just kind of the uh, the goofy face of well, it. Well, calling me a brainchild is kind of a, maybe a little bit of a stretch. Calling but, any um, child than brainchild. Yeah. Right. That's the yeah. whole point of this. We're, we're above average human beings yes. that are here just to talk shit, basically. You know, this isn't like the, the uh, be all end all here. Yeah, <laughs> so. I really, I, 
I really enjoyed your guys' conversation specifically. I wanted to make sure I brought it up, you know, talking about, you know, being dads. I, I'm not a dad yet. Steve is newly a dad. Going through the whole, the, uh, you know, the, the unnamed event of the last few years and your guys' experience with that. And it was interesting living in Florida through that, you know, because it, it was really after about a month, it was kind of <laughs> like it wasn't really a thing. So um, our population, you know, I live in Cape Royal, Florida, and we operate out of here. And our population almost doubled in just a couple of years. So being in real estate, we do a lot of property management, rentals, things like that. I mean, you could rent a house down here, a nice house for, you know, 13, 1400 a month. And I know things have gone crazy everywhere, but we really, I feel like we're one of the big epicenters of, you know, a red state really? where if you guys don't know where Cape Coral is, it's kind of the Southwestern yeah, part South of Florida, Florida, sort of Gulf coast, uh, Fort Myers, Naples. And that's why Southwest, I kind of threw yeah. the uh, Jersey joke in there. Cause a lot of people are moving from, you know, Jersey, New York, California, those places. And there's always been that kind of, you know, debate about the type of people moving here and are they going to change, you know, the way people are voting and things yeah. like that. And we, I mean, everyone's perspective and experiences are going to be different, of course, but I really didn't, I don't feel that that's what's happened. I think it's kind of been a lot more like-minded individuals that have come here. So going through that whole thing um, here, you know, was a very interesting thing. So I just wanted to say, I, I enjoyed your guys' take on that and hearing it from a father's perspective and, you know, probably in different states and different ways that went down. And I, I respected you guys on how you handled that. I thought that was great. Oh, yeah, we're still it's still like battles up here constantly. You know? I mean, even now we're fighting um, against the state because they want to pass laws to make the jab mandatory for mm. kids to go to school. And so there's all these bills they try to slide stuff in. So it's one of those where, you know, and, and I hear about that. and I'm like, man, it must have been nice because yeah. most people in Florida, you know, Texas, for the most part, they said, you know, after the first two months it was normal so yeah. you know it was completely different in vegas where the first two months aside from the strip being shut down was i mean it was kind of normal i mean i was, I was in construction so i was going about my daily business you know I, it was great i had no traffic anywhere no masks or anything for about two months and then we were about a month or two behind california when they decided to do their mask that do the mask mandate and after that it just turned into a complete absolute shit show and i ended up getting fired from my big job because they wouldn't they wouldn't i wouldn't take the vax and it's yeah crazy, it, it, it got that ridiculous out there i know vegas nevada is allegedly all more conservative no vegas is just as bad as california at this point let's mm. be honest here I know, I know ryan can see that being from phoenix too yeah dude it's rough and then we're blue now too somehow you know biden yeah, yeah. is the one to do that i don't yeah. understand at well, all, you, guys, you know, there was that whole thing where Biden and Harris both went to Phoenix and not one person showed up there. And then exactly. I went to a Trump rally. I'm not a big Trump guy anymore by any means, but I yeah. went to a Trump rally back when I was, you know, into picking sides. Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, it was unreal the amount of support that he had here in Tucson. And Tucson's typically oh, yeah. a, a pretty fairly liberal city in a red state. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, there's no way like you, no one can convince me that that election was legit. Oh yeah. Right. No. Right before the election, there's no shot, dude. There's I was just... gonna say right before the election, Trump had a huge rally just down the street from my house and it, it literally <laughs> shut down two blocks of two blocks of the city. And for, for fuck's sake, I actually built the building he was doing it in. 
and I couldn't even get a ticket to get in, and I built wow. the damn place. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm mean, insane. <laughs> that that tide is turning. A lot of people are starting to really realize it, whether it's all theater or not. Like Drake and Twenty One Savage, like two. I don't know. You guys don't strike me as like big hip hop fans, but oh, I'm actually a huge hip hop fan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to tell, right? But so Drake and Twenty One Savage, dude, like you would not think that these guys would be making music like that, but they're talking about Trump and a red wave and all that stuff. I don't know oh, if you yeah, guys heard that yeah. song yet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have it's, cool. it's cool. It's cool to see because unfortunately the masses, that's how they're controlled and how they're going to learn things and like through this media and this stupid shit. And yeah. that's just the way it is. So it's good yeah. to see that to hopefully open their eyes and stuff. And, you know, that's really kind of a big part of, you know, doing this website and the gun culture, because that, that's just been a huge hot topic, right? And everything going on. And it's crazy how polarizing the topic is when to me, it's so simple. Like it's a very simple overall concept. And I, you guys probably like with you, you know, I don't know how old y'all are or anything like that, but you know, I know my dad growing up in the Midwest, like up in Wisconsin and stuff, you know, these guys would take their shotguns to school and go hunting after. And, you know, you bring your ammunition to the principal's office, they lock it away you know, they would keep their guns in the racks, bring them to the lockers, whatever. And they go hunting after school. Like, and and I know it's like the gun conversation is that people are always, you know, like, oh, it's not the guns. And it's not the guns. <laughs> like, it's not the guns, right? It's like this whole crazy cultural shift. And I'm, I just turned 30. So I'm kind of that right in that correct age where it just started to kind of get effed up more so as I was growing up and getting into guns, you know, at, at an right. early age. And where it just kind of was a little uh, not okay to talk about. And, um, it, you know, like your teachers and stuff. And it was just kind of starting to get a little weird, you know, and, and that's when some of the big school shootings and things like that started happening. And I mean, God, we could talk about this for hours, guys. I mean, just yeah. what's driving all this stuff. And it's, it's really a lot of the stuff that you guys talk about on your show and what's wrong with the way these kids are going up and, between the indoctrination and the the dopamine sitting on TikTok all day and iPad kids and all this trash, man. And not, and not only that, but a lot of the parents aren't even don't even know how to use them. They have that that fear of guns yeah, as well that they don't understand it. So they're going to instill that fear into their kids because they they were never brought up around them. Where one thing we hope to do with this is to try and bring a little bit of a lightheartedness to. A, what some would consider a dark situation yeah. when in reality it's not a dark thing at all it's it's like a hammer it's a tool yeah. in the hands of the wrong person a lot of bad things can happen but in the hands of good people you can build beautiful things with it so yeah exactly yeah. well speaking and it's, of tools you've got a lot of them over there in australia huh drew most of them <laughs> are in many. government most of them in government my good friend daniel he's a I wake up every morning and I laugh <laughs> at your posts. I'm like, how, what is going to be the Daniel meme of the day? You should basically have that as a category. I really should, page. shouldn't I? Yeah. I really your, should. your, your posts are brilliant. I, I got to say, I truly enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Drew, I like the white guy that got appointed the indigenous population leader. He's whiter than I am. And I'm a redhead. <laughs> nuts, dude. Like, how is that not? Like, obviously, nothing offends me, but how is that not incredibly offensive to the people there? It is to a lot of Aboriginals. That's the funny thing. There's it's city insane. Aboriginals, and then there's real Aboriginals. Yes. Yeah. This, this world, man. 
I didn't even know about that. That's funny. You got to turn. Well, it's on like the page. it's he, yeah, yeah, he's I'll like the, the Elizabeth Warren of Australia. You know, oh my god, like, <laughs> well, it's like it's like the health. You know, the health directors and you yeah. know that I forget her name, but Belgium looks like a whale. You know, and yeah, like, she ate all the waffles there. Waffles, exactly. Yeah, yeah she's got so all no the diabetes. Yeah. Well, it's like, did it's you guys like see what happened today? And this is this is going to get interesting because Schumer and his clown posse passed some legislation to reduce the dress code for senate so now fetterman can go in there with his you know jorts and a t-shirt and yeah and the the thing about that man big jorts guy but (laughs) yeah he is a big jorts guy with with fucking for a onesie with the ass flap hanging out one day because he strikes (laughs) me as the type of guy that walks oh yeah but he probably needs to now they're gonna politicize this shit though like i mean remember when aoc had that tax the rich dress they're gonna do shit like that and put on these shows now and it's just another thing to distract us from what will be fun is going through oh it's gonna be a total and that's what but remember remember an idiocracy yeah, that's what, that's what the Congress was dressed like. They had guys yes. in like yeah. wrestling singlets yep. and shit. Oh, dude, your intro when he's like, "Your shit's all retarded." Dude, my <laughs> my my wife and I say that like on a daily basis about you know whatever's going on, and I just I laughed out loud. It's like it's like our favorite movie, but I mean, you're you're right because it's playing into this whole degeneracy theme of like what's happened the last you know x amount of years, and like. You see pictures of people who used to go, you know, on an airplane or whatever, right? They're all in suits and ties and dressed up nice and yeah. whatever. And, you know, right. my parents taught me to dress nice and go on a plane. Like, you know, and I don't put on a suit and jacket, but I'll wear a colored shirt and, you know, pants. And it's just what, and then you got dudes walking on there in sweatpants and, you know, chicks with their boobs hanging out like, and stuff. And like, I'm, I'm like young enough where people are like, well, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Like, it's fine. Who cares? Who cares? And it's everyone, right? Like, who cares? Knowing like, that switch though. That was after 9-11 when they started feeling your balls and stuff. You didn't want to have any <laughs> right. metal, so you started wearing sweatpants. That's a good and, point. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I now <laughs> everything's gotten real casual like that. It's gotten it's it's beyond casual. It's gotten it's gotten lazy. It's yeah, yeah. Like at least we're put on freaking jeans so your crap doesn't fall out of your pockets on the plane. Like, yeah. Well, it's even going into like and not to sound pompous. I don't really I won't really go shop at a Walmart if I can avoid it, but like my dad's super old school, you know, conservative in the sense of like, you know, not like, oh, I'm going to vote red no matter what. Like, he's just a, like, he's your typical Midwest, you know, patriot kind of guy. And I have trouble going into a public place with him in, in these days because he's the type of dude that'll say <laughs> shit like he don't care. And he's going to get himself killed. You know, it's kind of one of those things. But um, it's just I don't know. It, it's tough. And, you know, it, it's like turning this degeneracy and like i didn't even know that matt what you just said about that rule change with them being able to dress like that and i think the whole fetterman thing is such a joke i mean his tattoos are gone did you see that he used to have forearm tattoos and they're both gone really do you think he got like a laser removal dude the whole thing like remember how he was sick people are saying he's like a clone dude i would like just put it this way my my wife's in the middle getting tattoo removal done she's on a year and a half and it's like still there 40 percent gone 50 percent yeah these gone. are gone they yeah, just they disappeared yeah. overnight doesn't happen. Uh, his face looks a little different his ears still look real similar but to throw it back a little bit to the dress code i'm actually in the other camp dude i think it's f- cool to dress comfy anywhere dude like i'm not gonna have like i'm gonna I, wear underwear i'm not gonna like let people see my dick through my see, pants no, i'm gonna disagree with you on that 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not going to a funeral wearing comfy clothes, but I will yeah, but absolutely no. ride but a plane what about wearing like, sweatpants. What about like leadership, Rye? Like, what about like? I mean, I find Zelinsky to be a clown, right? Yeah. I mean, this guy's showing up asking for arms and everything in a GI Joe costume. Well, I think that they're yeah, dressing like fresh off the set of Mash. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Literally, yes. I mean, exactly. for, at one point, at one point, functionality has to come into effect. On another hand, like. Just straight up sweatpants, stuff like that, going out in public like that. That's not even functional. Like, I mean, that, it's totally functional. Well, if you carry, functional, you if you carry a gun. If you I carry can carry my 45 in my sweatpants, by the way, too. It's I mean, a little tiny a- three and a half inch barrel. So it works perfect. But Fair enough. Th- I think, too, that what you're saying, Matt, like how these guys dress in their leadership roles, they're dressing for the, the way that they see the job. We know that they're not leaders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're dressing like that. They're dressing like some bums. You know what I mean? I dress like a bum because I want to. You know what I mean? It's comfortable. Um, I, I I get the idea of liking to look nice and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Unless I'm going somewhere kind of like fancy, I, I just dress normal, you know? Yeah, I don't think oh, it's yeah. sexy. Problem with politics is that we've got these people that are put up on this really high pedestal socially because they're the leaders of our society. But they're polished turds. They don't act the way yeah. they should. If the Ooh. average citizen in their job acted the way a politician did, you'd be out on your ass so quickly. Oh, that, yeah. you know, your nose would bleed. Yeah. Well, when you look at the difference of, you know, when Congress used to meet, you know, shortly after our country was founded and, you know, meeting once a year and all the kind of stuff and how, how different the whole thing was, it it's like it's a totally it's a t- completely different government than what it was. And it's just it's like anything over. T- you go, uh, you know, an inch off a track you know, a little bit at a time. It's not like it's just all of a sudden changed overnight. And I find myself, you know, I love what you guys talk about reading old, whatever PDFs or stuff that's not online or, you know, concrete shit. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> this is nothing like how it works now. And it just slowly has happened over time. And, you know, you, now you got people like Fetterman and you said, you know, AOC wearing that shirt and stuff. And you're like, what, what is happening? Everyone says banana Republican. I think it's a perfect way to say it. Yeah, but we got to question the founding fathers a little bit too. Those those guys were rocking wigs, hardcore. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> okay. I can't trust a guy in a wig. There's something about. I mean, that's I trust a guy in sweatpants. That at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's sweatpants. Way, for your head, maybe I don't know. No, that's, sweatpants that's too, are the new wigs, much. dude. That's what it is. It's a I wig for your legs. Wear a wig, dude. <laughs> I think our next. I think our next Gearworks video. We got to do wigs. Uh, all right, we gotta go, go. Gotta go find Grandpa at the gun show with this muzzle loader thing. Do that, good boy. Man, hey, yeah. so you know, I, I bet that you guys are familiar with like uh, Matt Best and like the oh yeah, the Drinking Bros podcast, right? Oh yeah. What do you guys think about his social media? How they do? Like, I obviously he's trained. He's a former Ranger, right? Uh, he was a uh, Delta or some yeah Ranger background. Yeah, Evan was the, there. I'm not the Delta Force. Dude. Yeah, I'm not going to speak too much, too much to it because I know. I know those guys have become really big in off-road racing, which is yeah. something I was really into when I lived in Vegas. So I kind of followed them more on that side of it rather than the whole military thing. So that's around the time when they started getting big was around the time I got out. So I was With like, Black eh. Rifle? Yeah, Black Rifle started getting big when I got out. So I'm like, yeah, kind of detached from it a little bit just to yeah yeah just to live ryan i'm not familiar give me like the reader's digest on it yeah so uh you've heard of black rifle coffee company right of course yeah yep so they're the founders of that evan hafer uh who's cia former cia supposedly and uh delta force and then also matt best uh who's a ranger former ranger and then this other dude jared taylor who's air force dude i think he's attack p air force and i know dude sick <laughs> he actually seemed like he had the best job out of all of them he got to call in the bomb tactics are cool yeah, yeah tactics is sick so yeah 
and I, I don't know much about the military, pretty most of the stuff that I know is about them, but we can pull up his social media if you wanted to and just check out some of his videos. Like he'll do like goofy kind of dancing around with guns and stuff. And it on the outside, it looks really bad. Like, it looks like it's like, dude, this dude is making like, like, where's the gun safety, you know, right. all this mm. stuff. But yeah. if you're really paying attention to what he's doing, like, that's the dude that could do this stuff. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. Very those guys familiar. are qualified. Yeah, absolutely yeah. qualified. He's never got his finger on the trigger when he doesn't need it. I mean, it's stupid to question how safe it, it is really what he's is. doing, but from the outside, it looks bad. You know what I mean? If you're not familiar with it. So I'm just curious as to like what you guys think about stuff like that. So um, I, I've seen a bunch of their stuff. I mean, I've always thought it was some of their stuff was hilarious. Yeah, I like it. I I, I mean, those guys are they seem like a solid group of dudes. They know what, like you said, Matt, or sorry, Ryan, they know what they're doing. I mean, coming from, I wasn't combat or anything, but we still, we still have trained to support the combat guys when we needed to. And I mean, going, going from that training aspect, knowing, the, knowing what they've gone through, it's, but that's the thing. A lot of the public that hasn't gone through any sort of military at all, isn't going to know anything about that and think they're being ridiculous and yeah. want to go regulate guns. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting point to bring up because it, they're probably fighting that that concept of like because we all know to grow and you know most of the time through social media and stuff like that unfortunately you know you kind of got to do goofy things right that's kind of what gets the dopamine kicking and people talking and whatever i mean it's how marketing's kind of always been but yeah you're talking about like firearm stuff um i I haven't watched his videos but i know other people that do that same kind of stuff i could name a bunch of them but um you know, we've, we've kind of struggled with that question too. Like even doing our own little marketing videos and stuff, you know, we got a private range we got to, you know, and do whatever. Um, there's always going to be that battle. I'm sure of like, okay, how goofy do you want to be with a gun versus how entertaining do we want to be? Because, you know, you just go out there and take a video of you shooting a target. Everyone's like, okay, well, uh, what are you doing? You know? So I think it's a, a balancing act, but I think, yeah, if you, if, if you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. But, you know, I think maybe if if it's kind of understood that, hey, these guys, you know, it's kind of like the whole thing where you know what you're doing. Yeah. You can break, you know, you're allowed to break the rules once you know all the rules. Kind of thing. And one, one other thing. That's the, you but, sorry, sorry, Drew, go ahead. Sorry, I was, that's the difference, I think, between American gun etiquette and gun etiquette in other countries that do have them. There's a very, very different gun culture. The way that we would look at firearms is that type of stuff just seems so fucking dumb, regardless of how much military training you've got. There's a a level of respect and, oh, what's the lack of a better word? A, a level of etiquette that you put around firearms. And I, I know it's the whole idea of boosting the social media presence and and promoting your your channel and your, and your, your product, but God, it just seems so dumb. It's so very American. Yeah. Well, Drew, one thing, one thing that we or I've kind of noticed as we're trying to sort of study some of these other pages to see get ideas for us, the biggest critics of these kind of any of these videos that go out, you go out to watch watch a Garand Thrones video or something like that. The biggest critics are actually the gun community themselves. Everybody thinks they're not everybody in America. Everybody thinks they're a special operator, even though they've never stepped foot into a recruiter's office, even let alone been to the Middle East. And they're just going to nitpick every single little thing you do. You could be doing some tactical movements. You're trying to wedge a corner or something like that. And they'll be like, oh, you didn't do that right. He's going to get shot immediately. Oh, he put his finger on the trigger one second before he actually was going to shoot. That is true. And so the community itself kind of self-regulates but at the same time it almost over-regulates 
itself well, to, th- to not even being fun sometimes. And I think Drew, it's a really good point. Like, I think if you kind of thought like, okay, let's say uh, people were making these kinds of videos in the 1970s or 1960s, how would it be received? Right. People would be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. Like doing goofy stuff with guns. So yeah, I think you're right. I think, and I think that's a huge thing with social media has helped drive that to normalcy. And um it's yeah. almost driven the 1980s um, big American firearm action hero type of approach to, to the mainstream. That's what yeah. we see a lot oh, of for sure. social media presence. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's a, it's like I said, it's a matter of being entertaining them. Yeah. Basically. It's a classic. It's just a classic it's phenomenal yeah <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah i mean i like i said i think it's always going to be you know it's something that has to be respected and like um, i'll give you an example I, i'll give you an example of what's happening american gun culture a lot of those elements have kind of started to make its way into australia which already has a heavily regulated firearms industry and people who can have them you have to be a primary producer a farmer a recreational hunter or a sports shooter. You mm. can't have them for self-defense here. But we're starting to see a lot of like the crazy, very Americanized culture in regards to hunting as well. Like in the past, if you went hunting, you'd go up the bush, you'd bag your deer, you'd put it in your ute, you'd cover it up, you'd go home. Now a lot of the young guys, they're putting um, stags or bucks on top of bonnets and hoods and strapping them down and driving through main streets. It's it's a very different culture in general. And it, it's we're seeing elements of that happen here. Do you think that's kind of like a screw you to the government, them doing that kind of stuff in the sense of like, you know, shove your regulation or is it just for, for I views? <laughs> I think it's just for views. I think it's just that the, the young guys showing off what they've done, but like yeah. the older gun culture, we, there wasn't a need to do that. You just went and did your business and you went home. Right. Mm. Well, yeah, I think, I think that's it. And you can kind of put that up against any, any hobby or whatever, right? Like great example. Uh, he mentioned I'm big in the Mustang community, right? Like I'm big into car stuff, you know, modding cars and things like that. And the whole group of us with, you know, the, the Mustang community and whatever, it's the same kind of thing, right? If I had to honestly sit down and ask myself, would I dump the money I have into that car? If Instagram wasn't a thing, probably not, probably <laughs> not. And that's just me being blatantly yeah. fucking honest because, yeah. you know, my page, you know, it got big and it got a lot, you know, there's a lot of shitty parts to it. Yes. But man, I, I mean, <laughs> some of my best threat, you know, friends through it and it's been a great hobby and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's like social media is kind of driving you to do that stuff, like getting likes and whatever. And it's subconscious. And I'm, I like to imagine myself as someone with social media, like I could delete that shit today and be like, all right, no big deal. Because I'm at that age now where I know I can do that. I don't, it doesn't I don't really fucking care anymore. Two, three years ago, four or five years ago. Nah, like, it was addicting. Like it was the up and coming thing, that platform of that specific Mustang, that S550 platform, like it was addicting newest parts. Who can get the fastest car, you know, who can do the crazy stuff to it. And I mean, how much, how much power is that thing pushing now at this point? Yeah. It's a little over 1200 horsepower, but it's like, <laughs> it's just, it <laughs> put a lot of money into the car, you know, but so, but my point being, it's like social media pushes to do that kind of stuff. So yeah, Drew, I think it's like kind of depending on what hobby you're talking about. I mean, I think a lot of people could say that for a lot of the stuff that they're into with social media driving them to, to do that. And obviously a changing, you know, changing cultures and stuff. And we see that in the gun community for, for sure. I mean, social media has changed it entirely. 
But like you said, though, Christian, one of the cool, excuse me, one of the cool things about it is the ability to attract people with common interests, right? And you meet some really cool people really quickly, but you also have to deal with some real big douchebags along the way too. the the more Mm -hmm. exposure you get. Yeah, for sure. But those people that you meet, you're not going to normally meet them. Right. And that's one of the bonuses that we get from social media. Like I never would have talked to Ryan or Drew or any of you guys if it wasn't yeah. for social media. Yeah. And let, let's be completely honest here. The five of us would not be here without social media. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's a very useful tool if you use it right. Yeah, for sure. And don't you kind of think, too, because uh, I think that you're absolutely right about the idea that, you know, social media kind of keeps it's like the idea of keeping up with the Joneses. Right. But that was around long before social media. You know, people wanted to keep, like out, out buy their neighbors or like have a nicer car than their neighbors or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was on a much smaller scale. But right. like I, I agree, dude. Like it, it definitely like there's a lot of things that you wouldn't do. Like I wouldn't have a roadcaster, which is like, you know, normally a pretty expensive piece of equipment if I wasn't podcasting and stuff like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think about it. Think, think about it like Drew, right? Drew saying that it's coming over to Australia. That's social media. That probably wouldn't be happening, you know. So I think it's just a scale thing, the magnitude. I mean, Christ, yeah. the fact that we can instantly connect. I mean, I've got another guy in Australia that's you know twin turbo Mustang. Him and I chat all the time. He's a fucking. He's so cool. I'm like Glenn, and I'm sure he's going to listen to this too. He he's just a great dude, and like I enjoy talking to him. And we never would be able to do that. So yeah, I think it's like anything. There's obviously the good and the bad, but I sure. think the magnitude of how freaking fast this stuff can change things is, is kind of something we're all kind of experimenting with. And I don't know what the long-term effects are going to be, but yeah, there's a lot of good shit about it. Cause it is creating some soft motherfuckers too. That's oh, the yeah. other downside. Of oh it. yeah. It's, it's creating some of the softest people out there and that's not good. So I think it's a really, I'm sure you guys have looked into research on this stuff too, um, or have talked about it previously, but I mean, what it literally does to our brains is, wild like obviously with dopamine and it being a drug and what it's producing because put it this way i this has happened to me recently and i've had to deactivate my stuff like i'll deactivate for a couple weeks or whatever just to get my head straight and i recommend it for anybody because it's oh unless you're really driving a business with it yeah my personal page not the gear door stuff but you know i i'll shut it down because i'll find myself like yeah everyone looks at social media when they're taking a dump or whatever you know doing but I'll find myself, I go to put something in the microwave for 30 seconds and I got to pull up my phone and look at Instagram. And I'm like, if there's not something immediately keeping my attention, I have to pull my phone mm-hmm. out. I know a lot of people deal with that and go through that. And that's, that's no way to live, man. That sucks. You know, it's just, it's addiction. <laughs> but so it, I try, I try to keep that in perspective, you know? I heard we so grew was, up without yeah. that as well. We grew up without all that stuff. We really did. We, yeah. we have to think that the human brain is completely developed by the age of 21, 25. It's generally within that area. So think about all these young kids. Not only are they getting dopamine hits, their brains are being rewired in such a fashion that they're growing up with it, that their brain won't know what it's like without it. We can switch off. We can be addicted, but we can stop. They literally can't a lot of the time. They'll have tantrums. They'll... They'll just go completely nuts over not having iPad time. And you can Dude, see my, it in the way that children do. Oh, yeah. My son gets a glaze over his eyes. And I know, okay, dude, you've been on you've been on electronic whether it's video games or the phone. Too long. Time to take a break, brother. Because yeah. and yeah. then and then you get that look, like you said, he wants to like get angry at you for taking the drug away, you know? And and you yeah. have to you have to, especially with kids, man. The, the, oh, you, I know. I'm it's starting it's, to learn. <laughs> yeah. Well, Drew, and they're like so when you said, good like, at it, you know, yeah. like it's yeah. crazy. My kid, 
you know, we came, he was coming up as, you know, the, the smartphones were getting really good. Yeah. You could watch videos and stuff, but he learned real quick. I mean, they pick this stuff up and right now, I mean, if I need technical help, I ask him a lot of the times. Yeah. It's like my daughter's only seven months old and we put her on FaceTime. Like, like my wife's parents live up in New York and I've got some other family around all around. And we had her on FaceTime with my cousin last night and she was literally crawling towards the phone, trying to touch it. Yep. And like touch the face. I'm like, Oh man, I, can, I hope we, I hope we don't like raise one of these iPad kids. I'm not buying her one. Well, what you said <laughs> uh when you were like and a lot of people say that right when you're like oh it rewires you know it's like rewires your brain like like it legitimately rewires how the neurons connect to each other like physically and <laughs> it's been proven right so it's like you're right i think that i didn't even thought of that i have not thought of that in the fact that we're we're probably way more adapt to shutting it on and off and like you said they can't and like i I remember in high school, you know, we had jobs and stuff and work and whatever. And, you know, we knew how to interact with adults. Like it was just what you did. Like, yeah, you were an awkward teenager. Right. But if you're a cashier, I work, you know, I was a bus boy, server, whatever you could interact. And I find yeah. so often now you run up to the store and there's like a cashier, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, a teenager, they, they can't even fucking look at you in the face. Like and it's have tough the, to carry on a conversation. And let alone get you your correct change. Oh, forget that. <laughs> Shit. We've got yeah. a they, Christian's got it's a knockoff. Too... Christian's got a knockoff Dutch Brothers around the corner from him. I paid cash with it over there the other day, and oh, I was shocked that they even took it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're the kind of people there. They're like, "What is this?" You know, like, <laughs> I was shocked they even took it. It was ridiculous. So there's a, there's an answer to the failing education system and the social anxiety of trying to calculate change. They'll just get rid of money. There you go. Solve yeah. all their social anxieties oh, for yeah. those kids. Just put, just pull, pull out. You don't shit. You don't even have to pull out your plastic card. In a few years, you'll be able to just swipe your hand over there. <sighs> your left hand. That's the whole idea. The iWatch, right? The iWatch yeah. did that. Well, they got yeah. that at Whole Foods now. Somewhere. Do they? You can scan your hand, and it'll, it'll. Uh, I live out in the, I live out in the sticks at this point, so we don't get down to Whole Foods too often. So. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a, interesting that the good and bad side of those businesses is kind of wild too. Like really the, the the way that Whole Foods will bring in this new technology, this totalitarian stuff like the hand swiping, but then also like educate people on like eating better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and, and and honestly, dude, like there's a lot of things I hate about hipsters, but the restaurants are great. I will say for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't mess around. True. Like they'll they'll freaking turn like any kind of dish into something cool you know what i mean like yeah. that's the that's the coolest part about hipster culture i feel but like. to that, to that, that add kale and there. avocado to everything though kale yeah. and avocado. <laughs> kale. Well, kale's trash avocado's all right well let me tell you steve really brought me onto this i read a book uh two years ago called how not to die the worst fucking mistake i've ever made yeah because it's all about eating plant-based so i'm the yeah. kind of person like my personality is i will not really take people's words for it. I like to just do it. Right. So I'll just go try it. So I did it for like five or six months and guys, it really, really messed up my life. Like bad. I, I had crippling yeah. anxiety, depression. I got a shitload of eye floaters. I had constant muscle spasms and I'm always going to the gym and, you know, I do like a mix of powerlifting and, and, you know, bodybuilding type of stuff. Not that I'm in any amazing shape, but I couldn't, go to the gym anymore um i had i went to doctors conventional doctors which is just in my opinion a complete waste of the time but i did it anyway and i had high blood pressure i had all these issues um and it literally was ruining my life and i i remember the day after six months i i went to um 
our local grocery down here, Publix. I got four steaks. I came home and I ate four fucking ribeyes and <laughs> totally reversed. And now that's one way to break a fast. Dude, that's how you do it. And I'm extreme. I don't go one way or the other. So um, Steve kind of really saved my life, honestly, like on that topic of like getting rid of seed oils and going to, oh yeah, you know, meat base. I, I eat raw liver. Like I chop it up. I put maple syrup on it. I eat raw liver, whatever. Almost every morning, um, raw liver, maple syrup, and a, man, and a raw cup eggs. of coffee with no sugar in it. Oh, it's fire. So yeah, the fire. talk on the topic of uh, nutrition, man. Yeah. The hippies, they make cool stuff, but stay away from the plant-based, man. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the that's one thing they I'm like. talking about. Yeah, yeah they that, love that to, plant-based stuff's bad. They love to push all the plant-based stuff and the vegan stuff. I mean, it's 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 one of those, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Um, like a distraction in a way? or like No, a, not a distraction. Uh, I want to say, I can't, I'll think of it here in a minute, but, um, oh, virtue signaling, that's it. It's all virtue signaling. It's complete trash. It's horrible for the environment. They're killing all the animals that they're claiming to save. When in reality, eat a freaking cow. That's what they're designed for. It's what God put them on this earth to do is for us to eat and turn all the earth into nutrients for it. I'm like, I, I probably eat three pounds of ground beef a week at least. I've never felt better in my life. You guys, yeah. if you haven't checked him out, check out Dr. Paul Saladino. Dr. Paul Saladino has got a great yeah. Instagram page. You know, you know, Dr. Paul, yeah. I think he's got a really good take. He's got a great podcast and stuff. And um, mm. I like that he backs up his stuff with studies and knows his stuff, but <laughs> but I did it. I did it personally. Like I did both ways, man. And, and the some crazy people can function. Thing, the crazy thing with diets though, everybody is so different yeah, oh, yeah. For that sure. to say that this is going to work for you it's not going to work for somebody else but i'm with you on the whole vegan thing i don't think that's a healthy choice i think you need to have some sort of meat based in your in your diet that there's something essential to it we've been supposedly doing it since cavemen yeah and they'll even tell you yeah. vegans will tell you like hey you you know you got to take cq10 and yeah. this and that and b12 or whatever there's all kinds of supplements and iron supplements that what you happened to, before what was going on before the factories bro like exactly that yeah. made this stuff like what are you supposed to do yeah gotta eat meat so like, i don't know the whole idea of veganism is is a modern is a modern construct let's be honest here we're yeah. so we have we have it so easy that yeah we're not having to go out and slaughter a deer or slaughter a cow or although matt could have had a good white deer the other night i mean matt matt's got a pretty good access up there in northeast <laughs> man that's phenomenal hunting phenomenal hunting up there you're probably not allowed to hunt it though really hardly ever right oh yeah hunting season's so big up here oh i thought it'd be like a real short the, season or something no the northeast is northeast Especially is huge bow, on hunting, right? is that, bow season bow is season long. Yeah, bow season's probably a good four months at least. Yeah, right. Okay. Rifle season's a couple weeks, but bow and black powder and things like that, you can go. There's a lot, and there's two okay. seasons for it too. Crazy nice. enough, in New in New Jersey, hunting is surprisingly big in New Jersey. That's shocking to me. Deer but you can't hunting's, kill bears. You can't kill bears anymore. I actually know that. I've I've maybe spent 24 hours total in Jersey when I left nine years ago, but. I think they were starting to bring a bear, a short bear season back because they were starting to get overpopulated. Dude, it was bad down. But here's here's the (laughs) kicker about New Jersey: hunting in New Jersey, unless you're using a muzzleloader, you cannot hunt with a rifle up there. Yep. Yeah. It's shotgun, isn't it? It's shot. It's shotgun or or bow. So all the only two deer I've ever got in my life were when I was growing up in Jersey. I've never used a hunting rifle once. I've when I moved to New Mexico, they're like, "Oh, what kind of hunting rifle you have from Jersey when you gone deer hunting?" 
Look, what are you talking about? I've never used a hunting rifle. That's nuts, man. To hunt with now, now when I was fifteen, I was teaching kids how to shoot Boy Scout camp, but like they need to be more like Texas, where you can shoot hogs out of a helicopter, dude. Literally, oh Oh, Oh, my god! So actually, that's down the road. Uh, that's one of the year doors giveaways we let we want to do is to do like a, you know, all expenses paid trip, to send a couple, you know, do a couple buddies to go down there. Hey, here's your guns. Here's all your ammo. Here's a helicopter ride. Just go to town. Get after it. So, yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, you feel like you're in the military. (laughs) (laughs) Shooting shooting bad guys. I'm not like, yeah, I'm one of the, I don't like, I'll hunt obviously, but I'm not going to just kill. A lot of people watch those videos, right? That are uneducated and like, oh my God, they're just mowing down, you know, these hogs or whatever. Meanwhile, a hog will take out a hundred acre field of peanuts in a night and completely screw up a farmer's all invasive. And they're not wasting that meat though. Aren't they processing it? Um, yeah. it depends because you really don't want to eat one that's more than like 150 pounds. So when yeah. you see those, it's big like, pigs, wait, wait. <laughs> like yeah. you, you really don't want to eat one that's more than 150 pounds okay. because the meat gets so tough. There's probably going to be some sort of parasite. And when they get that big, they're just kind of like the, fish. Exactly. Like yeah, fish. Okay. Yeah. fish. Stephen, exactly I like fisherman too. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to eat a big, you want to catch those big fish, but you don't really want to eat them because one, they're the ones that reproduce the most. And yeah. two, the meat generally on a huge fish, unless you're talking about a tuna or like a swordfish, is garbage. Yeah. You got these one, you got these one type of fish down down here in Florida called they used to be called Jewfish when people were cool, but <laughs> now they're called Goliath Grouper. And there's areas down here near where we live that my parents have been down here for a long time. I went out one day with one of our friends. I caught a 400 pound Goliath Grouper off the beach. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, we, it's, we can call them Jewfish. Here. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we're we're in safe space here. Jewfish, call four hundred pound Jewfish off the beach. I'm like, oh, we can take this home. Like, no, if you t- if you get caught with this fish, you're you're going to jail. I wonder what the etymology wow. of the history is of them calling them Jewfish. That'd be an interesting topic. Well, it's probably I mean, not a scientific can... name, right? It's I like wouldn't a, call it. Is. I would not call it scientific. <laughs> it is. Oh, there you go. oh, there it is. Come there on, the... top five myths about how the Jewfish got its name. <laughs> oh God, so, I'm intrigued here. Myth number well, one: They don't have a hat. So <laughs> it was a goliath. <laughs> no curly hair, right? No braids. <laughs> it was a Goliath grouper that swallowed Jonah from the Bible, who was a Jew. Ah, and that man. picture of that one, that's not on like that's not like that's about uncommon. the size of the one I pulled off the beach. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> dude, yeah. The, the way you fish for those is it's absolutely we wild. had to kayak the bait out. That's how big it was. We weren't <laughs> yeah. casting this. Yeah, wow. they're crazy. Holy shit. Well, people will yeah. go to like the bridges here, like the big bridge abutments, you know, you get down in the water and you know, you'll drop down a, a whole ladyfish or people will use stingrays for them, like an entire an entire stingray. You know, the Steve Irwin killer, rest in peace. Uh Dude, drop the, those uh, down and you know, rip these five hundred pound fish up. You gotta think those bur- the uh the cop the uh I forget the technical term for them. I should know this, but the the piers for the bridges, those go down generally about 60 feet. Or so, even they dredge out around them and go, and they're going to be deeper than a lot of the other parts. And the Jewfish really, they're they're fat and lazy, so they just sit at the bottom, bottom, waiting for shit to come down to them. And a lot of shit comes down there, obviously, because they're nice. huge. That's funny, dude. I wonder what the Latin name. You know how the Latin names are all long, like Lapusius, Capuz, whatever the you know how they all say them. Like the Jewfish's oh, yeah. Latin name would be great, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's probably, probably something Stein or Berg. <laughs> yeah. Steinenbergius Capicius or some shit. Yeah. That's exactly like, it right yeah. there. <laughs> the, the the fish mascot of Epstein's Island. Yeah, right. Oh god. That's What's hilarious. this myth number two? 
So you got Goliath Grouper or Kosher. Ooh. <laughs> uh, that seems offensive for some reason. Yeah, it's, <laughs> doesn't it's, it? It's a, it's derived from the Italian word Giuppesi. Yeah, I'm either making that my license plate or I'm calling you, I'm calling you that now. Giuppesi. And then you got, they were originally called Jawfish. So <laughs> no some chance. slip. No, no chance. A, a simple no chance. typo. Freudian slip. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, they go forth and multiply. Wow. <laughs> that's the worst. So yeah, what's that's the conclusion bad. here? Uh, we may never know the true origin of the name Jewfish. We do not know uh, <laughs> that they, we do know that they chose the name Goliath Grouper because of how big they are. Little known fun fact, they actually store gold at the bottom of those pillars underneath bridges. That's <laughs> <laughs> Like the trolls? That's... Yeah. So, so Drew, what you're saying is the Jewfish are the trolls of the sea. Yeah, they are. They are. All right, <laughs> it's, it's it's science, dude. You got to trust. I mean it. that that's better science than Doctor Fauci right there. <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. Well, have Crazy. you guys have you guys heard about the blue backpack? No. There's... Okay, watch this. Tim Altman, the CEO of OpenAI. Have you seen pictures of him? Can't remember what he looks like now. Well, he's always walking around with a blue backpack. Okay. You know what that backpack is meant for? Making it easier so you can use your arms? Nope. He has that blue backpack, and it's called a nuclear backpack, which if OpenAI, ChatGBT, broke it out of its <gasps> system, it would remotely detonate all the data centers. It's a kill switch yeah. if this AI goes rogue. What happens if Sam Alban or gets mugged. But yeah, is that not terrifying? <laughs> That's crazy. You think he would also just not say that, yeah. right? Because yeah. like, it seems like a pretty valuable thing to yeah. have. That's nuts. This seems like a Band-Aid solution. There yeah. needs to be like at least three more backpacks. At least double that many. It needs to be at least three times bigger than this. We need at least three more people with backpacks. <laughs> what is this? A school for ants? I just, it sounded like Zoolander. I did, I did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, that, do you believe that? It seems interesting. It's supposedly real. Here, let's see. Wow. I, have, I found an article on it here. Yeah, uh, maybe don't advertise that then, you know? Like, if you. That's what I'm saying. Like, why would you tell everybody about it if you have it? So, Ryan, it, from your perspective, because hearing your takes on all this stuff, with all the AI stuff and constantly like moving forward towards this like weird goal of just whatever the hell it is, like, do you guys just feel like sometimes it's just like you just wish we would revert back like literally live in fucking like log cabins and like chop wood and shit i know that sounds kind of cool to say yeah and then but you think like, about it like yeah. man that, that kind of that actually probably sucks so like what's the happy medium man like is there a time frame that you guys like you can well, that's you know, live simply with technology it's just how we use it people are far too reliant on how easy things are because of the way modern technology is you can scale it back while still maintaining the level we have just live simply yeah, that's the that's a good uh, catchphrase or slogan for whatever company lives simply. But dude, I I agree. It's exactly that. It's just why can't we live? Why why does there always have to be progression with everything? And I understand you know the free market works like that and stuff. But like, you know, call me crazy. I don't really think we're in a free market right now. It's it's a certain group of people that can really like take full advantage of the AI and its capabilities and whatnot. Now it's cool for some things. It's fun for like art. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever messed with like photo editing with AI, but like cutting a person, like the background out of a person and all that stuff. It's so nice to be able to do that instead of go through with the lasso and, and, you know, yeah. crop it out yeah, perfectly sure. with hair and all that stuff. So, 
yeah, I wish there could just be like a stop in the progression, but there won't be. So I don't, like I don't think adding Bluetooth to business. everything. Everything seems to have Bluetooth now. Refrigerators. Does my, does my toilet my have to be connected to my computer? <laughs> Toilets. Like, well, because yeah, why, why do we need controlled and measured, right, Drew? Because that's what they want. They want to be able that's to under, know what you're doing at the all whole, times. Yeah, the whole idea of a smart home is retarded. Like in, in all honesty, it's, it's <laughs> the whole idea of a smart home is prison. retarded. Yeah, everything, none of that shit works. It's just recording everything, every little thing you say. Get up off the fucking couch. This guy, he was so pissed when he found out that I have a Roomba. Like I got the mop yeah. and the vacuum mapping out your house. <laughs> I was like, bro, like, I was yeah. like I'm like, they're seriously mapping out your house. Like this, this is ridiculous. What, what do you need this for? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Yeah, probably. I mean, the only good, the only good thing with a, about a Roomba is putting Tannerite in it. Like that's the only good thing. About it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I feel like that to an extent for sure that like why do we have all these things monitoring us but all they need is one and we all have the phones those are the most efficient monitoring devices i think out there one of the uh yeah i don't know if you've got a wife wives are pretty efficient at monitoring i don't have a wife but i live <laughs> yeah. with a woman oh yeah it's rough sometimes but yeah it, we have the know. uh we have a, a buddy that works for the dod um he's actually part of your dorks too um oh, and cool. you know he can't he can't say obviously much um very intelligent guy um but he's made it very, very clear that with the phones, it's way, it's beyond what any mm-hmm. of us could imagine what they can do. Um, and I think you guys obviously know, like you power them down, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. yeah. Be, but way beyond the scope of what you could imagine what they could do with them. And in college, I had um, my roommate. I actually got interviewed by uh, I don't know, I don't remember if it was the FBI or whatever. It was a long time ago, but doing the interview so he could get his his security yeah, it's, the, it's the fbi that does those fbi yeah so <laughs> i was working out at the gym in college and the dude came in and just fucking grilled me about my roommate and professionally wait, 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 i'll wait, say he, but, he just came up to you out of nowhere that's what they do they no, interview no, no, yeah they catch three... you off guard so no, no, you don't no, have no. any time to prepare yeah i've gone through three of these top secret interviews for buddies of mine that became pilots when i was on rtc every single one of them called me and scheduled a meeting yeah, not me. They, Every they, single am, one of them. they so, literally ambushed me at the gym, dude. It was crazy. I can pitch you on the bench just pressing it out. <laughs> and the guy standing above you grilling. Yeah, it. puts his nuts above my face. Here, boy. So what um, happened? What is this for? It was like a secret so, interview. What, do you, what is this? So his dad was a private contractor for the government, you know, and they would do uh, communication stuff. So he, unrelated, was getting into, uh, I don't know if he's working for the DOD or something of that nature where he needed top security clearance. It was like the highest shit you could get. And the kid's a real smart kid, Patriot, great guy. Um, and I remember them like grilling me about all these questions, whatever, to find out if the guy's, you know, terrorist or whatever it yeah. is. And um, he was telling, I went to his family's house for, you know, uh, a weekend. And dude, it was fascinating. Someone that had been in that industry for like 30 years, his dad. And again, they can't say much, but he's basically was saying, and this would have been 2014, 2015. So not that long ago, but can't even imagine where we've come in, you know, another decade, but basically saying that the things that they can do from the sky, like just in an airplane and being able to listen down on what we're saying, not even through communication devices, but actually like hearing our conversation oh, yeah. through walls, through the roof or whatever. He's like, we, I mean, to, to like, someone sitting in a chair accuracy and knowing verbatim exactly what they're saying from a fucking plane. That's 40,000 feet in the air, mm-hmm. not through an electronic yeah. device. Like he could have been blowing smoke up my ass, but he sound he didn't, he didn't seem like one of those kind of guys that would be doing that. And it, these guys that 
they just know so much more than we know. So this is back on our original topic of, um, you know, how much do they want to monitor? Dude, it's already over. Like, what are you going to do? Not have a cell phone in today's yeah. world? Like you can't function. You know, I, I, my day job is doing real estate. I, I cannot have a phone. I don't yeah. want one. I hate my phone, but like every day I want to just say, screw this and get a flip phone. So that way I don't have the social media temptation on my phone every day. Yeah. Well, one, one of the uh, one of the one of the things that Christian's point here when I was uh, when I was on active duty, we the base that I was at in New Mexico was a special operations base. One of the uh, and you know we had the AC one thirties and the U twenty eight, so that that kind of base that we were that we had those kind of planes that we had. But one of, we had this it was a big unit at our base with this little single prop plane called a U twenty eight. And their commander came to my, it was a civil engineer. They came to our unit and they're like, Hey, we're going to tell you about the plane that one of the planes that you guys build, build the base to support. And it's just a little prop job. It was basically surveillance and recon plane that, uh, that kind of stuff that Christian was talking about. And I've got some buddies that were sensor operators and they can, they can see all kinds of stuff. And they're showing us, they're showing us live feeds from some of their missions. And the commander was very adamant about this plane does not carry munitions. This plane does not carry munitions. Every single video he showed us was a video of something blowing up. <laughs> Only for me for me to go to Iraq about two months later and go into their hangar and see them loading up something that I'm not going to necessarily talk about, but I'm going to call bullshit with that commander. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We had one of the we had one of the tubes sitting in our shop tent because we thought it was funny. Well, I always think about this kind of stuff, right? Like that was 2015. I I got that story and it really kind of opened my mind to like, holy shit! Like what the government has technology is way beyond what we even know exists. And I think about like, okay, so if you go back to like the 1940s for say or 1950s or whatever or during the space race, whatever, like it's come so far so fast. Like, do you guys think that's organic? No, like it's DARPA. Like, where did this all come from so fast? Right, Patterson Air and, Force and, Base in Ohio. And they, they <laughs> tell us in cinema. They re they tell you what they're going to do or what they're going to release in cinema. Look at Star Trek back in the day. All the bits of technology that Star Trek presented became a reality. Now, is it just the ability of them to able to future project where technology is going? Or are they already telling us what they've got and that's their slow release of it? I've been really onto that lately, especially with you guys' show of that exact concept, like them putting it right in your face. And I'm like, geez, I never really like quite. Yeah, the predictive programming. It. Well, yeah. Like your last, the last conspiracy theater was awesome with Demolition Man. Cause I mean, that's where they want to take it essentially, right? You, you, they want to. And, and what hmm. I found, find interesting about that even is they have the two classes. Right. You have the underground people, the Edgar Friendly's people who are kind of the, you know, unvaxxed folks, the people who don't want to partake. And then you have the people who are allowed to live above ground, but they live in this dystopian nightmare that's, you know, one step away from just blowing up. Right. Yeah. And that's really but all. Where go, Drew. Or whoever... No, I didn't say anything. Go for it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what I was going to say is this re really, um, this all, to me, everything ties back to the gun culture. And I think what's uh, what's really important about it is I think a lot of us that are like-minded that think the way that like Steve and I think is things, you know, body armor and crazy amounts of ammunition and guns that can stretch out, you know, a thousand plus yards easy versus, you know, short. Yeah. 
Yeah. People will look at that and be like, well, what the, what are you doing? Like, yeah, part of it's a hobby and like, it's fun to go to the range with your buddies and you know, it's something to do and whatever, but there's always the reason why like we have them, right? The mm-hmm. whole per- purpose of not just self-defense. People say self-defense, like someone breaks in my house tonight and he's got a gun. I need a gun. Like I'm not going to, you know, like some of what these people say, like, Oh, tell them to stop kind of thing or call the police. Like, dude, this is going to happen in like eight seconds. Like blow like, your right right a lot of cases blow of baseball right bats, whistle. blow the rape whistle. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, it's not even just about like self-defense. It's about, yeah, they started trying to do shit like that. I ain't going to like, you're not going to go down without a fight. Right. At least I want a fighting chance. And that's the way I know a lot of people feel like in our community and the gun community and what we talk about and stuff. It's like, nobody like, I don't want to ever put my body armor on like a, because it's heavy and hot as hell, but B can you imagine if we really got to put that shit on, like what's actually going down. And I think a lot of people think like, Oh, you're ordering, you know, armor, you got level four plates, you got this and that, like you're a psychopath. Like, dude, I, I don't want it. I don't want to have to have it, but they have it. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have it. Like, it's just, it's very fucking simple math to me. Right. Like I don't, like I said, I don't want the army. I don't want to have to have all the ammunition. I want to have the things that I have. Um, because I know if I need to use it, man, it's not, we're, no one's having fun, right? Like, that's not a good time. <laughs> so we're not then, living then a good that, life if we have to use the things that we have. Yeah, that's it's that's okay. the main thing. And you get that bite and throw away line. If you ever wanted to fight the government, you need F-18s. Yeah. You know, no, you don't. But you know what? The, the easiest thing to go to as well, a bunch of rice paddy farmers in black pajamas did pretty well. Dude, there's yeah, so many not, only, not only that. There's so okay. many historical precedents. And the sheep farmers that. in Afghanistan held exactly. down. Well, here's the thing too, guys, do you, and again, this is going to go in conversation about like, you know, guys in our, this community, they call them, you know, bootlickers, right? And I'm sure you guys hear that all the time. Like question is you have an F-35 pilot, right? And the, you got the Biden administration or whatever administration being like, okay, there's a resurrection down in fucking Southwest Florida. You got the green light to go take it out. It could, based on that stupid comment that he said, are they getting in the seat? And they're going to fly down here and fucking blow up a city of their own civilians. Like, they're, I think about that all the time. Like, that's a all right, bizarre thing. To answer your question on that, they're trying to tailor the force to those kinds of people. That's a good point. They're trying to tailor the force to that kind of mentality. Do what you're told and don't question it. Yeah, yeah, but there's a line, bro. I don't know. Like well, that's even beyond that. The CIA have people who are trained in fighter jets and how to exactly. operate aircraft yeah. carriers and submarines. They've got their own black budget military. They're ready to go. Yeah, but the... yeah, they've def- they've definitely got that. But then it's a lot cheaper to use somebody that's gone through officer and pilot training that's not had the special read in to what the oh for sure their big plan is so that's what they're but that's the beautiful thing about this but but the back the backup is if they do have a pilot that says no i'm not going to bomb american civilians you can there's another one that will there's another one that will yeah or or there'll be fucking ai that does it right like you don't even need a pilot they'll just do it right so that's kind of the whole thrust of like you know we don't really come out and like with the gear dork stuff we're not like hey you know this is like what we believe but like I'm saying it now and like I think it will you know we're brand new right this will end up coming through and kind of like our the culture we're trying to create is like it's not a bunch of redneck you know backwoods guys that just like oh we love guns and stuff like yeah we love guns it's the engineering side of guns and modern guns is fascinating too like it's very cool to see how they progress and everything and like it's a hobby it's fun to go out with your buddies and do stuff you know everyone has a shit that they like to do um and guns are a big part of that learning about you know learning about 
ballistic coefficients and long range shooting, short range stuff, CQB, like there's so many different things you can learn um, about them and it, which it makes it fun, but there's always this like more sinister side to why we do it. Right. And I don't know if sinister is the right word, but like, I know for me, like, that's why I have all the stuff that I have. I don't want to go spend tens of thousands of dollars on all this stuff, but it's like, you kind of got it just in case. And it's fun to use, you know, during peacetime or, you know, I don't, if that's the right way to it, say it. The but thing is, it's good to train. It's good to train with it's this good stuff. to train. Even, even if, if, like a lot of people are into CrossFit and they've got the, the weight vest and stuff. Now they go run with the weight vest. Why are you going to waste your money on a weight vest when a set of, say, set of level four plates probably cost maybe a hundred dollars more than than just getting a freaking piece of steel to put in your vest why don't you get something functional that you can actually that can actually save your ass in a, in a shitty situation rather than something the second you get shot it's gonna go through or you're not even gonna think to put it on because oh it's just my weight vest yeah it's I think not made guns. by crossfit well i think the biggest thing and the, I, I wanted to make this point tonight for your listeners too is you know a lot of people a lot more people than people realize are okay with guns and it's kind of one of those things where behind, yeah they're, they're called afraid. white nationalists yeah <laughs> trump I told about white nationalists. Yeah, it's called well people are not nah, jewfish aren't big on guns bro they love um <laughs> My point is, I think a lot of people have a gun, and well, I know a lot of people have a gun because it's statistic; it's the sheer numbers, or it's a fact. But yeah. I think, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people will go to like a gun store, buy a gun, they'll shoot it right then and there, and then it goes in a safe and like or in their nightstand or whatever, and they never touch it again. And they're because a lot of them are scared. I've got coworkers that people that I work with the same thing. They went out, got their first gun, shot it once. They said it's scary, whatever. All if there's one message I could really get across, and it's what a lot of the gun person I used to say is like, get out and train. And I'm not talking like throw on body armor and you have to be with an ex, you know, green beret. Like plenty of local rangers do classes that get you comfortable with the firearm. You should know how to take it fully apart. You should know how to put it back together. You should be comfortable shooting with it, and you should go probably once a month because a it's something fun to do, and it's something that you should be proficient at. I think every American or anywhere where you can get a gun, you should have you know a, a handgun that is concealable and you should have a rifle. And I just think that's because if shit ever went down, man, it's going to, it's, it's us. It's all we got. And if you have spent the body money on body armor, you probably should train with that too, because it's a lot different how the gun's going to sit with the body armor on versus without it. Well, and, and one of the things that, and I know Rye, you were big into this too. Those fucking dipshits that were talking about civil Chipotle and stuff. Right. That we're, we're talking about civil war and that, that you oh. know, kind of like almost like leaning, like hoping it happened. It's like, oh, I remember the uh, the Boogaloo dude. boys back in 2020, that yeah. whole thing. That's yeah, such it's a like shit show. Stupid fucks don't understand <clears throat> yeah. how bad things would be. Don't they get really me wrong. I threw on a Hawaiian that... shirt with my body armor a few times at that time of year and yeah. got hammered. But still, like <laughs> they, can't, they can't think it. I don't think they have the ability to really think through what kind of hell that would be. And we're so cushioned. And our daily lives and what we have. I mean, the fact that we're sitting here doing this, I'm in an air, you guys are probably all sitting in air conditioned rooms. We all had a good dinner. I'm having a glass of bourbon. Like our lives are fucking awesome. Like comparatively, you know, to a lot of people in this world. And if things ever got that bad, man, it, I feel like I'm prepared. Like we're pretty good at field craft and, you know, got, I don't think anybody could ever really prepare you for that. Cause we grew up in such a cushy, soft society. Their, their mm-hmm. reality of that is like the walking dead. 
Oh, yeah, I can relate with him. I could definitely survive. Yeah, I watched the entirety of Walking Dead. Yeah. Who is this, this shit? Yeah, they think this, a this samurai like... sword would be the best weapon in a situation because yeah. it's quiet. <laughs> or a fucking chainsaw. Yeah. 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 Really? This is the catch-22 of position away so quickly. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the catch-22 of American patriotism. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in the world, but it's also an Achilles heel in the fact that American gun culture is built around the idea of being able to defend yourself and protect yourself, right? From outside intervention, whether that be even your own government. So people have this idea of romanticizing how amazing and fun it would be to fight a civil war. They don't think mm-hmm. about the person with their head blown off next to them, their family being shot to pieces. They think yeah, of I mean, it as yeah. very much a, uh, a Hollywood true. film. And yeah. they forget that 200, 250 years ago, well, maybe two, no, not even like 150 years ago, in the 1860s, we had a civil war in this country. If you read any of the letters that those soldiers wrote home, they were not romanticizing shit. Yeah. No. No. no they, I was going to say was reality. that. Or, yeah. I, I was going to say the military in general is is kind of like that because they target such young kids. They target kids. You, you know, they target 18-year-olds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. At the oldest. You, you know, you're trying to get people to sign up at 18. So, obviously, they're thinking about it before that. And luckily a lot of people go and they serve and they don't even have to see combat and you know it's it's still service right obviously but some of those people dude they go out there and they think it's going to be dope to go out there and like you know they say it i know it's a movie but in uh, full metal jacket like i wanted to be the first kid on my block to get a kill you know what i mean and you think about that that. what's that you don't want to be that guy no exactly dude like that's what's crazy is that it is romanticized in movies and in video games. And, you know, it makes me sound like an old person or whatever, but yeah. I think. No, it's facts, though. To it. Yeah. Actually, I've got. So as I've hit, mentioned a couple of times now, obviously, I can do. I did a tour to Iraq. I, I want to tell you guys one of the funniest, in my opinion, one of the funniest stories from that entire deployment. So we went over there to build a camp. There was we had our own little section that there was nothing there. We, it was my, we were civil engineers. So our, our job was to build the camp. We weren't in a combat role at all, even though we were ready to do it if we had to. So there was probably, it's like a day or two before 4th of July. We have pretty much most of the camp built and we're working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Just we're all dog tired. Like even as the, even as the leader of the crew, I was still out there swinging a hammer with my guys because that's what we had to do. So I'll preface this with every day, the EO, explosive ordnance disposal, EOD guys, they were doing some controlled deaths, not too, controlled detonations, not too far from where our camp was. But, you know, they would do it during all random times of the day. It wasn't a big deal. We'd hear an explosion. Like, oh, it's just the EOD guys doing their thing, whatever. One night, I, I want to say, I think it was like July 1st or July 2nd that year, around, it was 20, this is 2017 during the, uh, the push to, the push into Sierra again. Just to preface the uh, the kind of the time frame here, we're three three maybe four thirty five o'clock in the morning. Where we we start our shift at seven. Like a couple guys in my tent were whole team was in tent. It was eight of us, and all of a sudden we just start hearing explosions, <laughs> and they're a little louder than normal. So we're I. I wake up, I'm like, ah, whatever. Just fucking the ZOD guys are doing their thing again. Whatever, just go back to sleep. Uh, all the explosions stop about 10 minutes later. My, uh, my highest enlisted guy, he comes up to me. He's like, LT, the base just got rocked with mortars. Uh, you need to get up and report accountability. So I get up, throw, grab my M9, 
Mexican carry it in my gym shorts, no shirt, throw my Crocs on, go outside. Our commander's out, outside. He's in he's in the, the government civilian clothes, kind of like, you know, the plaid shirt and the 5'11 pants deal with his full kit, carrying his M4, just ready to go. I walk out, no shirt, gym shorts, Mexican carrying an M9. And he looks at me, he's like, so I'll tell you, this is how we, uh, this is how we get ready for battle these days, isn't it? I'm like, hell yeah, sir, I'm sleeping. <laughs> he's like, surprise me. I, he's, dude, if you go to right, war in George, you would. Yeah. So I'm like, look, all my guys are in the tent. We're all good. Nobody. The funniest part about this whole thing is that we hadn't built the bunkers yet. So even if we had bunkers and we'd even heard the sirens from the main part of base or anything, because we were up on this random corner next to the air, next to the airfield. So we didn't have really any support. No shit. The next day I get my entire, I get my entire shipment of concrete bunkers. They're like, we're so sorry. You guys <laughs> didn't have bunkers. You guys could have gotten killed. I'm like, well, we kind of all slept through it anyway. So it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> That's wild. Ryan, I liked your point that you talked about, um, we brought up like the commercials and stuff and how they market the kids and everything. And like, obviously yeah. like that makes sense. Like that's what they're doing. Right. Cause young people and whatever. Right. I remember I, I don't watch, um I don't watch any TV and I've D add like D added my life. Like everything, like YouTube red and you know, any streaming service I use or whatever, I don't see ads ever. Like it's literally been five years since I've seen a commercial. I mean, that might sound wild. I don't watch, you know, any live sports. I'll watch them like afterwards or whatever, but I know it's kind of weird, but I don't watch any ads. So I was at a buddy's house and I saw the last, the latest uh, Air Force ad. Mm. And I thought it was a fuck. I thought it was a new Call of Duty game. It was so cool and all the shit they were doing and th- the way they like actually made that video. I was like, dude, this is nothing like the Air Force video or, you know, any sort of military video growing up that I would see. Like it was badass. I was like, damn. Yeah. And they're pushing, they're really pushing the, uh, RPAs remotely piled aircraft. They're yes, really pushing that's what I'm the saying. Like they're the, really pushing the drone drone thing. They're basically yeah. showing these kids in there with like fucking Xbox controllers flying. It's like things. a video game. Yeah. So another thing that I was privy to was the was the drone operation. They they flew a lot of the missions out of out of the base I was at. So I had a chance to go in and see go in and see their their building. That building was more important than the airfield. Mm. Like you, that's unheard of on an air force base. The airfield is always the biggest deal. When we had a big nasty snowstorm come through, we called it the snow NATO because there were ten foot snow drifts all over the place, and we had to. And I was in charge of the cleanup that that day because I was on call and was the youngest, you know, youngest dude on the totem pole. So you get the shit job on Christmas to clean up the snowstorm. We had to get that parking lot cleared before we even did the airfield. That's mm. how that's how wow. important the, that's how important the drone operations are to the Air Force at this point. Like, yeah, wow. they've got. The fighters and stuff, those are all cool. Yeah, Big Blue. Now, the drones are the ones that they're really pushing, really doing stuff with. It makes sense, though, with the future of warfare and everything. It like, does. it makes sense because you don't have to put a person in that thing. You know, oh, it's just, yeah, it's wild to think about. How but they still have works. guys downrange that take it, take off and land. It's just you're not actually in the action. You're a few countries away taking it off. They've got enough hang, they've got enough cruise time and hang time over Atari that they can. They can do that, which they're still not endangering our people, but they're endangering a hell of a lot of everyone else. That's for sure. Sure. We went from dudes lining up horizontally and basically right. saying one, two, three, go to this to in a relative, no, relatively short amount of time. They get up, kiss their kids, kiss their wife, go home, go to work, kill two families worth of people in the Middle East, and then come home and for dinner. Yes, this is wild, man. That's that is a reality. 
these people, they have psychologists on staff at these units for that exact reason. Yeah. Think well, about how to like right, you said it before with all be. the video games, right? I mean, that's what's in all the video games. You go out, you kill, and then you go have dinner. Yep. And then you go back and play some more. And it's yeah. exactly. you, you have a you have a generation of technology kids that have only screen time. They don't have much social skills. They're very in, insular, not very external in the way they interact with people. Mm-hmm. They go into the military, they control like a swarm of drones. They're not really going to carry that weight on their shoulders as much as our generation have. No. Well, some of no, the kids I really play Call of Duty against. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. <laughs> well, and there's so it's so weird too, because all the movies, whether they're like gun usage or whatever is in the movies, like, yeah, there's military movies, there's like uh, you know, shows with like gang violence or whatever. But even like the the popular movies to all the kids that are supposedly safe, there's wars going on in them, like all these Marvel movies and shit mm-hmm. like that, right? So I don't know, like fighting is like romanticized, but then the details of it are kind of like, oh, let's not really talk about all of that, you know? Right, I've been thinking about that same thing. I'm like, why do we always learn about like great generals and great battles in history, but we don't learn about like the real great accomplishments? It's always the history of fighting and, and death and destruction and the people who led that. And and they're so glamorized and and put up on a pedestal. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine honest trailers, but for recruitment ads? Like, <laughs> if, if they actually showed what basic training was like, half the people wouldn't even sign up in the first place. Dudes like writing I mean, up there's... like a pencil on a desk, and it's like playing crazy music and jumps, jump like scene cuts and all this stuff. It'd be sick. Well, but... Drew, there's a huge. Uh, you may not know in Australia, but it, currently there is a huge recruiting shortage stateside here. Nobody's oh, yeah, signing up to join bad, because dude. of a lot. It's really bad. they they can't get people to sign up to join anymore. And frankly, I agree with people signing up that aren't signing up because well, I got out for vac- similar reasons. The whole vaccine thing, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get out probably eight months before all that shit got enacted. I went back to pick up a car that I left at that I left at my buddy's house at that old base during COVID. And we were I had to go hang out with my buddies at our at one of our other officers house that was an hour outside of town. So that way the freaking security forces wouldn't, wouldn't knock everybody and give the, and basically get them all either kicked out of the force or in super trouble to where they couldn't promote. Like well, it was dude, that, that whole vaccine thing, what that did to people that didn't know already, was it proved that the military as a whole is in favor of the establishment more than yes. they're in favor of their guys. Like yes. that's what and that it, is. Well, and, they, and, and they've been Guinea pigs forever yeah right yeah. i mean the military's right. exactly. always been the guinea pig for these injections and stuff i mean like, there's no i remember talking I to tank. guys from like desert storm yeah and man those guys had to take some funky shit oh they're still doing it. them up they're still doing it. I'd, I'd i probably had actually the funniest thing i had to get probably 10 injections the morning after i drank six 40 ounces with my buddy before i found out i got deployed mm. and that felt good, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. They, pulled, they pulled my blood out. Half of it was freaking old English. <laughs> Dude, a friend of mine used to do with... that. When I worked at a restaurant, a breakfast place, one of my friends used to do that on his birthday because he was he was kind of broke. He'd go and donate plasma because it would get him fucked up quicker when he drank. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, I don't know. Like, this dude's playing with fire, man. Like, that's the no most, kidding. like. It's a scary concept to me. I'm that, gonna go drink while I'm low on blood. It's like I mean, that's wild. a ballsy move. You gotta love the 
tenacity there. One yeah, of our, he's like, um, you get 50 bucks for donating the plasma, and then you only need like two or three drinks. I'm like, dude. I mean, 50 bucks <laughs> to pay for a week's worth of 40 ounces. So yeah, mean, there you go. <laughs> Just work a few extra hours instead of giving the plasma, I think, is probably the move, but whatever. One of our other uh, partners in Geardorks, um, Parker, uh, maybe at some point in the future, we could have him on. He's got some great stories using the Navy, too. Yeah, he was a sub guy in the Navy. Man, he. Um, My cousin was, too nice uh, dude he was talking about that like the injections and stuff he's had to get too and it's like man i'm like how are you still alive i think i forgot what number he told me but it's 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 i think the sub guys have to get way more than we do because we were obviously just construction guys we they didn't really they weren't we weren't they weren't too worried about us they gave us like you know the japanese encephalitis and all the a couple of those random ones i think they gave us no they didn't give us anything for malaria because iraq didn't really have that problem but Funny, apparently the malaria pills give you the weirdest dreams and make you shit your pants so i've heard that <laughs> so he was that's the weirdest rollout with the 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 jab with your military your guys were mandated but in australia yeah. all federal politicians military they were exempt really i, I find that oh, no that's shit. quite that is quite telling i think that if they're they're mandating the american military they're trying to weaken it to a certain point that's yeah, well, i didn't know time, that time the guys that have got all the guns in our country, they're not mandated. So they're cool. They're fine. I don't I know. I think that. federal workers here were the same thing. I think. Um, Am I no, remembering was, that I think it was. No, because fed- DOD civilians, at least for sure, had to get it. It was the ones who are contracted civilians. So they're not. They still obviously still get paid by our taxpayer dollars, right, but right. they're not. They work for. So somebody gets the personnel contract for let's say for my example the construction unit we had probably five or six guys that, that were actually really good dudes that were they worked for a company they didn't work for us in the chain of command however they helped us out with our construction inspections and that kind of stuff because they are actually from the civilian world and knew what the hell they were doing rather than a lot of the dod civilians that really weren't trained in it they, they might have had an engineering degree or something like that but it might have been for aero chemical engineering or something like that but they were but somehow they got picked up for a construction unit like that that's, that's the kind of stuff so some of that stuff actually helps but at the same time those guys didn't have to get it because they're not dod employees directly they're not government civilians but look at this shit this is crazy approximately two hundred fifty thousand. Of the almost 700,000 U.S. veterans who served in the Gulf War have enduring chronic multi-symptom illness. A lot a of that has to do with the burn pits back then. Yeah, yeah I was going to say causes. It gets to yeah. Exposure to pesticides and exposure to pills containing, yeah. uh, what is that, Pry, uh, pyridostigmine <laughs> bromide. Nailed it. Yeah. I was gonna say malaria, but that's for uh it says here that wik- the Wikipedia says it's for the nerve agents. So yeah. well, check this warfare. out too, Matt. Sorry to interrupt you, dude. Uh, the the no congressional records for testimony about chemical weapon disposable uh, disposal accident. That is the burn pits, right? That's what yep. you're talking yeah. about. That's it. Yep. Between that and the oil well fires, clearly. Damn. So there's an interesting story with the, the anthrax vaccine that they gave a lot of guys before they went out to, to Iraq. I've got a, a friend who was he served on the HMAS Sydney and before they went, they were all told, you know, you, you have to take this or it's your, it's your job. And they were given a little brief breakdown of all the possible side effects it could have. And one of them was it can cause sterility. So he was mm-hmm. one of about five guys who went, I haven't got kids yet. I want to have kids. So that, that's a no from me. And he was, he was hauled across the coals. He lost his career over it. 
Oh, wow. Jeez, man. I was going to say, man, imagine being one of these dudes that gives like 30 years of your life to the military and then you got like six months left and they're telling you that you got to take a vaccine or, you know, you don't get any of that. That's yeah. wild, man. That should be like that should be criminal. It, it's extortion is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But for, they don't see like, it that way. Right. And, no, and if, they we, if we were really dealing with something. Where. I don't even know what the percentage is to put on it, you know, for a death rate or whatever, this illness, right? The the Rona. How about 10%? Because it wasn't anywhere near that, right? <laughs> right. If you're talking whatever it was, like, I, I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was nothing, right? It was a fucking flu. And all this coming from it. And like you said, I mean, like you said, imagine the psych, like the, the mental gymnastics that you'd have to go through to not want to jump off a bridge, like all those years of service. And then, like you said, you got a couple months left or whatever it is. And that's just like talking about the military side or, you know, people losing their jobs. I mean, how about all the people but who then are, again, if they didn't get to watch their family members die in a hospital? But yeah, if you're my dad, dad yeah. my dad, my dad actually had um, a stroke at the end of that year, mm. uh, 2020, uh, December 2020, October 2020, somewhere down there. And uh, up in Wisconsin, and I flew up there and they wouldn't let me in the fucking hospital. Fuck, and um, it was the worst time of my life. I thought I would never talk to my dad again. My dad and I are best friends. Like, Is he all right now? He's good. Yeah, he made it out yeah. of it totally unaffected. You know, it took a while to his hallucination stories and stuff in that hospital. Man, were absolutely wild, crazy stories about what he horrible thought man. he saw, and what that does to does to your body. But so I, you know, I went through that where I couldn't even go to my dad's hospital bed. I mean, if he had died, I, I'm the type of dude. Would have yeah. been fun. I would have still to this day like be hunting down like who's responsible for that man. I mean, I don't even know how the hell people went through that through that and actually lost people and couldn't even say say goodbye yeah my uncle still passed denying away life-saving surgery here sorry ron they're still Jeez. denying life-saving surgery here for people who aren't vaccinated that's true organ transplants the whole deal that's true i forgot that they were doing that even for kids too mm -hmm. it's disgusting Insane. but um yeah my uncle passed away and and you know my family's all real close and you know his kids like no we couldn't have a funeral for like two months you know what i mean and it's like ripping off a band-aid going back to the you know you you don't you never really fully get over it but you're moving on two months later and then you got to go back to the funeral and then you're reminded of everything again it was it was yeah. really i felt really bad for them man the, yeah that's his kids terrible. that's so shitty dude There's so, it's just if you really can like do like the forty thousandth of you of this and like we've taught we've talked about a lot of topics obviously but like really of how what it affected in so many different ways it i don't think even us who are like know what's going on to a certain extent and really into this stuff like i don't even think we have an idea of like what the long term no what the long term is going to be i mean and it's not even us christian it's the kids that's what i'm saying that's, that's what I was that's, at. yeah that's the where we don't know what the lockdowns did to them what the ones who took the injections, what it's going to do to them, what just the general psychosis of, you know, remote learning and all that, how much, because um, <clears throat> they have said, you know, based on studies, these kids are slower, you know, they're behind where they should be because of these, of everything that took place in, in over those two, three years. It's yeah, every facet of everything. Like even look economically. Yeah. Like economically, yeah. Well, and the that. kids aren't going to be able to buy into a housing market because the debt's oh, no. so look at it right now, Drew. And that's that's what I couldn't figure out when I, I just put out uh my COVID clips episode because I started doing this thing where I'm like, okay, I want to kind of have a record out there to show people, listen, this is how we it it unfolded. 
and this is the bullshit that was pushed on us and that, you know, you have to see it so that next time it can't happen again. Smart. And you, mm -hmm. you saw that it started with, you know, it was medical. Then it got into uh, jobs. Then it got into financial. Then it got into, you know, school. And, and it just, it had that domino effect where it hit every aspect of our life and has changed things. Like you're saying with the housing market, right? I mean, that's, most people can't afford a house now. Dude, um, so they really can't. And I know it's really bad in Australia too, Drew, but like for perspective here, like it, like our market, it actually perfectly doubled. Like prices went up 100%. So the house we're sitting in right now, um, we closed on it like 30 days ago, like la sometime in August. Oh God, and, the uh, floors in here sucked. <laughs> yeah. His crew. Got lucky get the house, man. Congratulations, because yeah. it's tough right now. Oh, thank you. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. The only reason is because I'm in the business and I knew how to look for the right deal and do, you know, do kind of the right stuff and make it work for us. And we live right in the epicenter. Um, she guys heard about Hurricane Ian that rolled through this time last year. Um Fort Myers Beach, like I don't know how much you guys watched about that. It basically eliminated Fort Myers Beach. Like that was that, two weeks after I moved here. It was great. Yeah, that's like where I grew <laughs> up and <laughs> whatever and you know we wrote it out here and everything but between covid and that hurricane hitting here it did you know wiping out some more inventory right this is a market of low inventory um it, it it's crazy what it's done and being around you know steve and i's age like right around the 30 30 year mark dude guys we have friends that make good money right mm -hmm. like they make good money you know you're in the six-figure area and they can't afford to buy a house mm -hmm. and they're living with their fucking parents these are guys that are bankers, you know, investment banking, um, wow. like good jobs, government yeah. stuff, DOD, like whatever it is that are making, you know, upwards of 80 north of $80,000. And I mean, shit, 10 years ago, you're like, damn, that's a lot of money that you're making. Yeah. You can't, you can't own a house. You really you can't I even rent a house. I, I gave up. I was looking for about a year and I'm yep. like, dude, it's just not worth it to me. Right. So now. You have this whole generation of 25 30 32 year olds that are living right because we're in this we could go there's it's such a rabbit hole but we're in a culture where people are not really together right divorce rates obviously are high people aren't dating that are young uh it's a hookup culture right there's not real serious relationships so right now to afford a place you really kind of got to be in a serious relationship and split bills or you, or gotta you, have roommates. you do the roommate thing which you know yeah. you're 30 years old they're doing four or five roommates whatever you know a lot of people want to kind of settle down and start their lives dude it's just it's crazy. Like I remember, and I'm sure with you guys too, like you hit 18 years old and your parents are like, figure it out, you know, like go rent a place, yeah. whatever. The rents around here used to be $1,300, $1,400 for a nice, you know, three bedroom house. And now they're 3000 a month. It's yep. more than doubled. And, well, and yeah, you got dude. people making good money and they're living with their fucking parents. Yeah. You know, it's we're, no we're coincidence we're too that you've got been able to buy houses, but like, it's insane. The, the, the loan amount I have on my house down here is almost a thousand a month more than the same loan amount I had in my house in Vegas. It's absolutely Yeah, that's ridiculous. just rates, man. What were we going to say, Ryan? Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, it's no coincidence that they're making, like, uh, tiny homes so popular now, too. Like, these $14,000, like, trailers? studios yeah. that you they're can buy at nice Walmart. Pod, oh, the fact that they can make people. Yeah, yeah dude. Perfect yeah. pod people. They've got no relationships. Dude. Or the van life. Cultures. Yep. The van life is the biggest conundrum, in my opinion. It's expensive homelessness. They're yeah, pushing yeah. expensive homelessness. <laughs> Bro, those vans are glamorizing it. Yeah. Oh my those God. Van, to build a van that's even remote, like that dude, Steve-O, big van life guy, right? 
that van he allegedly lives in probably costs 200 grand to build. Oh, easy. Yep. Yeah. And that's yeah. the American dream. Like, that's, that's what we want, dream, right? Live, live in a fucking van, van down, down by the river. river. I shit in a bucket <laughs> in my yeah. van. Dude, and grill every meal. It's like, like, yeah, that's I funny. mean, I grill every meal, but it's in my backyard for fuck's sake. Well, yeah. you have, yeah, you have other amenities. You can shit in the yeah. toilet. You exactly. can shower every day in your own home, not at a truck stop. You can exactly. have a dog that doesn't you like. Don't have to go you to know, Planet Fitness to take your shower. Family, day. have kids, get the next generation going. Like, what's the point of life, right? Like, we can indulge ourselves or whatever, but obviously, you at know, that point, in a bigger theory, it's to keep things going, and you need a fucking place to call home to do that. And these people, man, they're ticking up in their thirties, and they don't have a, they don't have their own place, and then they don't bring a, you know, girl home or a guy home, or it's just, dude, it's, it's weird. You think it's about weird that, to see these guys making this money? Is that higher? Was it Maslow that did that? The hierarchy pyramid you, where you got survival basic. Yeah, the 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 pyramid of needs. They're trying to keep us at the bottom, barely figuring out how to survive. Right. So that way we can't get to that enlightenment. You got they're, kids they're like engineering uh, they, us to <laughs> barely survive. That dude in Grandma's Boy, remember? I don't know if you guys all seen that movie, but he's yeah, like, hey, yeah. make sure my roommates are asleep. And it's like his, his parents, <laughs> yeah. dude. So yeah, that, that was like the Sunday afternoon Comedy Central, like just oh. chill out. Honestly, that they car played bed it all the time. Tits. So <laughs> my roommates bought me a radio so I can talk to other car beds. Yeah, my roommate, yeah, my roommate's got it for me. He's like, You mean your mom? <laughs> so good. Dude. Such a good yeah. movie. And man, I I and I really don't want people I didn't want you guys or anybody to take that like in the like the way like, oh, I got a house and like I, yeah. you know, whatever. Dude, I I just feel bad because these are my friends too. And like that was me as well. Like my wife and I were renting a house. We were trying to build a house and just to give you perspective, we started trying to build the house like right after the whole COVID thing. And the, the, these markets started, you know, especially in the red States started getting nuts. Everyone's moving here from California, Jersey, New York. I mean, dude, everyone down here is from Jersey and New York right now. It's wild. It's crazy. It's you like can get a pork roll in Florida. You dude, used to you not be able to get a pork roll outside of the state. It's of New bullshit, Jersey. dude. Get it out of here. No, pork well, let me tell you, fuck you. Let me tell you too, like renting is not as bad as a lot of people like will say, once you own a home or whatever, it's, it's, you know, you wouldn't want to go back. But for me, dude, I'm like terrified all the time that an expensive appliance is going to break. We use our air conditioners out here all the time. Oh, yeah. I think Same about that man. shit. I have nightmares about that. I used to have nightmares about like monsters and yeah. stuff when I was a kid. Now my <laughs> scariest monster or my, my scariest monsters, my demons are an air conditioner breaking or like a fridge breaking or something. You know what I mean? So Ryan, that's a really good point because you're exactly right. It used to be not very glamorous to rent versus homeowning, but let me give you an example. I said in the beginning of the show is, you know, we, we're in property management. So we deal with investors that buy homes to rent them and we do the whole management process start, you know, start to stop. And great example here in Florida, it's hot as shit. Eight months out of the year, we're running our ACs to death. You know, that's just how it is. Yeah. Used to be able to replace an air conditioner, you know, three grand for a four ton unit. Yep. Installed. They are eighty five hundred fucking dollars right now. Yep. Yeah, dude. It's for the same terrifying. thing, and that's Ryan. that's the cheapest, crappiest Chinese made that's one that you can do. Goodman unit, which is straight dog shit. I mean, so on top of everything else, inflation, whatever. Like you said, <laughs> you're a homeowner. Our payments are everyone's stretched on their payments. My neighbor bought his house. He told me his payment was eighteen hundred dollars because of Ian, the flood insurance. In uh, obviously, interest rates don't change. He's on a fixed rate between insurance and flood insurance. His payment and taxes, his payment has gone to twenty eight hundred dollars from eighteen hundred, in three years, a thousand dollars a month. And he, it's not like he bought a different house. He didn't refinance. 
He's been living in that one house and his payment's gone up a thousand dollars because of how bad the flood insurance is here and the homeowners insurance. It's a whole topic, guys. I mean, the, the, the Florida issue after that hurricane of how many billions of dollars that Ian did. Um, the insurance is a very interesting thing right now. The only insurer really that's insuring homes is citizens and it's a government backed insurance company. USA is too. If you and can the get private it. guys are out. They're either out of business mm. and this is what happens. The roofers come down here. It's yep. usually 15 grand to put a roof on. They say it's 30 grand. They, they get away with it. And dude, the, the insurance companies are going bankrupt. And yeah. now we have citizens. The, the percentage of Florida homes that are insured with citizens, I, I don't even want to say the percentage because I'll probably be wrong, but it's very, very high. I want to say mm. it's like 80% or higher. I mean, think about that guy. You have the one insurance company. If another big disaster rolls through, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. So um, yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying, man, the rents are renting probably in a bad idea it's kind of the way to go until shit gets real bad until shit gets real bad yeah because what's happening too is tenants like you might have been renting a house for four or five years here right you're paying 1300 then maybe goes up 1325 1400 you're kind of in this range right then we got to make the phone call to these tenants and be like hey uh your rent's 1400 a month uh it's either come up to 2400 or you're getting non-renewed and someone from jersey or fucking california is going to take your thing. And that's what was happening. These people come down and like, Hey, I'm working remotely. You know, this is my income and they're making Jersey, California, New York money. Our people down here combined Florida income before all this shit happened was $50,000, husband and wife, husband and wife working together, household income about 50 to $55,000. If you do the math on a basic house right now, 450,000 is the median. You would have to make 137,000 combined to make that payment yeah. work with today's interest rates and insurance. That's we're nice. not even close guys. It's not like we're just a little bit. It's fucked. It's like, way the fuck it's off. Way it's, off. it's over doubled. And dude, when you say 50,000 for two people, yeah, that's, that's like, if you're making 50,000, you're not making much money now these days. You yeah. know what I mean? And not to talk down anyone that's making 30,000 a year or whatever, but it's like, dude, you're not able to really sustain a family or, or even hardly yourself, dude. Like, Honestly, I don't know how the honestly that's about what that's about what the guys on my crew crew make because we're I just have a crew of general general laborers right now in my company. And one of my guys has three kids, one of them's about to graduate and go to college. I don't know how the hell he's gonna make it happen. One of them's got a has an eight-year-old and a baby on the way. I don't Mm. know how the hell he's gonna make it happen. It's that the fact that I even have there's maybe one or two guys in my crew of five that has a fucking bank account for fuck's sake. I don't know how some of these. Yeah, guys, that's Florida contract. I mean, that's just Florida. That's just Florida guys, Mexicans. So, so. <laughs> some this, of them. This is the- <laughs> only one of them is actually no. Two of them now are Mexicans. Who are? This, that's a whole other topic, you guys. They're fucking awesome. Oh, they're, no, I know I'm Mexican no, too. Carlos, dude, like, no, dude, Carlos no, isn't Mexican. He's Colombian. he's Colombian. But let me tell you this: Juan, who is, is very interesting conversation on oh, this yeah. topic. He, we're, he's helped me put floors in the house and he's been here 20 years, 15 years or whatever. Juan came over here when he was about 13 or so. We just, ha- we just brought him onto the crew about two months ago. Best hire I've ever made. Yeah. He's great. But his perspective was very interesting about. So you know, Juan, the Juan grew up, Juan grew up picking, literally picking oranges, working in the fields down here in Florida. When, when his dad brought him over here when he was 13, grew up picking oranges in the field and stuff. And they get, they make, they don't get paid hourly in the fields. They make money Daily. per bushel that they fill per oh. day. It's per bushel. Oh. And it's like each bushel takes yeah. <laughs> probably 10 buckets of oranges. So you got to think, you got to fill 10 buckets of oranges to make, say, $10 on a bushel. How big a are these buckets? 
the, figure I mean, a five the, gallon. Figure, yeah, figure about a five gallon bucket or so. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what was interesting is he was saying how for decades, right? Like Mexicans, the whole thing was come here, work, make enough money to support themselves, and then send money back home, right? Like yeah, that. yeah. And this, like, you're in Arizona, right, right? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it's I probably think it's stiff, there. stuff in Arizona, probably yeah. working out some of the farms outside of Phoenix he's or saying some that, of the ranches and stuff. He's saying that their whole like group, you know, like because they all talk and eat the same places and whatever, you know how it yeah, is. Yeah. They're all saying they're going back, man. Because <laughs> oh my think, god. So when some like I always think that's kind of funny, like how's American politics going, right? Like, how's it going over here? Like, my thing is like, yeah, the Mexicans are going back to Mexico. Like, We'd rather Mex- deal with the cartels than Chuck Dude, Schumer, to be honest. The Mexican <laughs> Exodus. Literally, yeah. and he's like, they're all talking about it because there's a new president, I guess, in Mexico, and they've kind of changed yeah, themselves yeah. and how they're doing things. And more nationalist, from what I clean, understand. Yeah, a lot more nationalist, yeah. starting to clean things up. I've heard about a lot of Americans starting to go live in Mexico City. That's what he said, too, dude. They have whole. I don't know if you guys know this. There's entire fucking communities. In when Mexico. I was living in Vegas, there were a lot of people all that are bourbon. A lot of friends. Uh, I had a lot of friends from San Diego, and a lot of them they had buddies that were straight up living in TJ, Tijuana, and driving over the border every day to go to whatever fucking corporate job they had in san diego just, that's, that's smart dudes. not just not bet just I leave skins, better be called gringo estates dude that that is uh, pretty crazy i actually noticed something too there's something really interesting about mexican <laughs> culture specifically they get the opposite of offended if a white person's wearing a sombrero like shaking oh, maracas yeah. and, and embracing their culture but here we we get so mad about like a white person, you know, going into like doing black culture stuff, whether it's Jamaican or yeah. a- some type of African. Right. But this is why, like it, it's, I think Mexico is really growing like that because they have that figured out. They want people to come in and embrace their culture rather than like, we want people to come in and change it to their culture. Yeah. Yeah. I and talk it's, about it's that all backwards. the time, man. They oh, every, backwards. every day I'm at work, Juan put, Juan and Carlos put on the uh, the Spanish radio station on the. On oh, I'm Boombox. not down with that shit. <laughs> oh that music God. sucks ass. Oh dude. no, it, it is so fire. Dude, it's, it's all the weird. same Ryan, song. I'm the, I'm the it, same way. It I'm might like... be the same song every single time, but when you're actually doing some manual labor, it is. I don't know what this. It's magical. It really is because like I was you laughing. get so much shit done when you're listening to the Mexican station. It's, it's insane. It's, true. it's like it is true. the best shit. Hang There's something. With, the best shit to put a floor down with. I will frame all day to the Mexican station. He's not kidding me. I think it's the most dog shit music ever. And then they put it on when they came over on his little boombox thing. I was like, bro, this is fucking awesome. We had fucking MK Ultra frequency shit. Yeah, right. We had this prank that we, when I was active, dude, we had this prank. So a couple of civilian contractors, they were, they were actually Mexican dudes, right? And we, I I did all my stateside projects for all out at this bombing range. So we took one of the GOV trucks and every time we brought it back, we would crank up the radio and leave it on the Mexican station for the little enlisted, young enlisted kids to take it. You, they'd put the, roll the windows down, be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna jam out in the GOV." You all of a sudden, just, ay, 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 ay. yeah, <laughs> it's rough. It's, it's rough. the funniest shit. They I, it's love so the tuba, dude. They love the tuba. I mean, I, who doesn't love the tuba? Love the tuba. Who the doesn't tuba love the tuba? Like it's so far. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the bit from Pablo Francisco. There's a great comedian. He hasn't done any sets in a while, but he's got this great set. He's in Irvine, California, and he just talks about he's he's obviously Mexican. Pablo yeah. Francisco with that name. And uh, dude, he's just talking mad shit about the the music and doing the imitation of that tuba. It's just one note for like oh, yeah. on a loop. It's like the bar in Star Wars, Drew. It's like you know how they're <laughs> really one song. Yeah, like yeah, it's it, just it, that... sa- it sounds like the same song all day. Yeah, yeah. 
It's, but, but that it's a good song, song is so good that they can get away with doing that all day. Oh, Dude, man. I've heard it. I when I was in the states and I stayed in LA for the night, I stayed in Inglewood, and I know oh, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're yeah. great. They're great guys and hardworking. And it was very interesting to hear his perspective about how effed up it's been. Um, you know, here lately, and that they want to move back. I'm like, damn, dude, I don't blame you. I don't want one to move back. He's my best guy. I know. Him and Carlos are my best guys. I can't have them move back. This is the interesting, interesting thing, because when I was in the States, I couldn't help but notice how low your wages were comparative to how much cost of living was. When I was there, your amenities, things you bought, they were quite cheap in comparison to Australia. Australia has to have super high wages to cover Mm. the expenses of all the things that cost quite a bit. So to hear that it's gone up in cost of living... That's definitely well, got to do a number when your wages are so low. Well, oh, Drew, dude, what's yeah. re- what's really interesting yeah. about it is it, it's this like it's kind of the same concept of like globalism, but like within the states. So like this huge like migration typically happens slowly. So like to give you an idea, like north to south, snowbirds, people that are old, they don't want to deal with the snow or whatever. Yeah, they don't want to deal with the snow. They're cold. Everyone that was old always moved down to Florida, and like that's an example, right? They come down to where it's warmer weather and it feels better on their bodies and arthritis and whatever. When COVID started pushing that, that that was a that was an event that wasn't natural, right? So it was just this instantaneous within two years, you know, my city's population literally went up by 60%. That's not natural, right? That's not normal. So that's going to do things to to an economy and whatever. So yeah, when you have an average wage that people are making, like in an area like in Florida, um, and then people are coming down, what was the big thing? People were working remotely. So it's not like they moved to Florida and then got a job you know, at my office or whatever and doing real estate and they were making, you know, uh, they got a salaried position or whatever. And they went from 150,000 because that's what a lot of people in like New York or whatever make, from, you know, kind of basic income, but, but they're getting state tax, they're getting all the different taxes and cost mm-hmm. of living. They come down here, they're still making 150,000 because they can work remotely. So that's what no one's talking about, man. It's the fact that you can still make money, the type of money that you'd make in a different you know, actual geographical location and come into a different economy and you spend that money, dude, they looked at our rentals and they're like, what? <laughs> like you have this nice ass house in the water for, you know, two grand. Now those houses are, you know, four, four grand. Like I said, everything's doubled. So I think it's very interesting how that mass migration has allowed for price change to happen because of the fact of working remotely. Now, the question is, is as a lot of people and corporations are making you go back into the office, I don't know what's going to really happen with that. And we're starting to see, I get some phone calls being in real estate. Hey, I bought my house in 2022. I paid 400,000 for it. I got to move back up North for work. What can I sell it for? 350,000, 330,000, whatever. And they're fucked. So what do they do? They turn them into a rental property. Yep. So, but there's a point of saturation, right? With the rental market. And that's kind of where we're at now. Like we're getting back up there, creeping up there in inventory, um, we're prop, you know, we talk to prospective tenants, you know, sh- I don't do the house showings, but my wife does. And obviously we talk about work and stuff and people are like, Oh, it's great. I want to come see the house, but I've got five more after this, you know, we'll let you know which one we pick. We haven't seen that in like three years. So it's starting wow. to go back the other way. And I know people, it, you know, the other big factor of all South Florida area was that fucking hurricane, man. It really scared a lot of people it scared them because long story short, it was supposed to go north. It was supposed to go to like, you know, north of Tampa area and Tampa for reference is about two and a half of hours of driving that 150 miles north. And when it started shifting south, not nobody evacuated because it just made this huge shift southward within like the last six hours and just category five. It was technically a four by like two miles an hour called a cat five and just 
destroyed. And a lot of these people that have never lived through that, that are from the Northeast or whatever, had to live through that. You're talking no water, guys, for like three weeks, no power for a month, like in some cases, a month. A lot of it was like two weeks. I think ours was a, ours was only about five days. We, we had the eye yeah. right over us. So I was with my parents. I, like I said, I just moved down here. And we got both walls of the eye coming through. Absolutely insane. But crazy enough, we were only out of power for about five days. Yeah, but you have all these people from up north that are used, you know, whatever, and they're down here living the cushy lifestyle, making 150K in an economy that warrants 50K, you know, where yeah. you can do great. Dude, they were living or something, right? Like, and interest rates were 2%. It was basically yeah. free money. They're out, you know, buying McLarens or nice ass cars and just like me being into cars. I'm driving around like, holy shit, like that's a Rolls Royce. And wow, it's a McLaren 720. You know, I'm like, what is going on here? There was a McLaren P1 in uh, Naples that got totally. Yeah, the P1 got totally destroyed. They got totally because Naples had probably some almost worse flooding than Fort Myers. And I think it still went at auction for 320 grand. Yeah, totally destroyed. It was crazy. Totally destroyed. There's so much electronics on that car and it was up to the roof. But you have this total change of an economy in in a way that's never happened before because you couldn't work from home before right this is a new thing well and it was the greatest upward transfer to wealth in history yes right yeah all that money all the small businesses shut down you know amazon took off walmart target all the essential places that were allowed to stay open yeah the biggest companies right matt yeah oh (laughs) those are the ones allowed the craziest, crazy shit, two months after COVID started, I was working at a small construction company in Vegas. That's what brought me out there. Then this this big conglomerate of commercial real estate companies like, hey, we're starting this new program for uh, warehouse renovations. We want to bring you on. Are you going to pay me more than I'm getting? Yeah. Oh, dude, you can work from home. It, it was great. I ended up taking the job, right? Two days later, two days later, I'm on like the big Western region Zoom call or whatever. Was, this is right around the time of George Floyd. I witnessed a 40-year-old man Pressure in piece. front of 150 people start crying because of the company's response to Black Lives Matter and the and the outpour of support. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that, you're a hey, 40... That's all that, that ESG shit from BlackRock really and Vanguard. It really is. Oh, no, that company is owned by BlackRock and Vanguard. They're a publicly, publicly traded company with the biggest commercial real estate companies in the world. I subsequently got fired for not taking the vaccine, even after getting a religious exemption. Which is well, all ESG was, driven, yeah. It's all e- yeah. all ESG driven. That you guys company would have been in, um, that company was bought in so hard on ESG. They were first one, one of the first ones with the pronoun bullshit. Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, I'm the only one in my entire in the Vegas office that's saying they're like, oh, we're gonna have, start having a mask mandate to comply with the state. I'm like, you know the you guys know the shit doesn't work, right? They're like, Steve, we still have to do it anyways. I'm like, gotta love it, right? So gotta do it anyways. Yeah, yeah they know it doesn't work, but you gotta and do then it. Anyways. When they came down with the vaccine mandate. I'm like. So you guys will be getting my religious exemption next week. Hadn't gone to church in years. Wrote wrote up the craziest stuff. There's a there's a guy there's a, a guy that was a but I became a buddy of buddy of his. He's up in the Seattle office, same region. And him and I kind of knew like we're the same job, so we're like we kind of kind of got to know each other. And it's like he's like, hey, you're not buying into that, any of this bullshit, right? I'm like, hell no. I'm writing my religious exemption letter right now. He's like, hey, do you want the one my lawyer? wrote up for me to to give to the company i'm like i got a couple of templates i think i can write this up on on my own wrote it up as i'm an american christian my rights are protected by the constitution you can't ask any anything further just wrote the letter straight up that that got accepted not a problem at all this guy's letter that he get he got from his lawyer got denied immediately he was the first one to get fired for the vaccine stuff 
It's wild, dude. It's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. You guys well, also, gentlemen, would, uh... I'd like to get this wrapped up here. This was awesome. We definitely have to get together again. Um, it's crazy how fast two hours goes. Yeah, I, I looked up hours. and I'm like, holy shit, it's almost 11 o'clock already out here. I can't holy believe shit, it. I got an hour drive home. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, got a, uh, I got a brand new couch right there. <laughs> well, I got yeah, that, that looks comfy, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go around. Let everybody know where they can find your stuff and uh, and we'll get out of here. So we'll start with you guys. Go ahead, uh, Stephen Christian. Yeah, you guys can find us. Um, our Instagram is really where we're at now, and uh, just at Geardorks. Um, and Geardorks underscore Gary. Yeah, he goes by Gary. It's a pseudonym on there. Um, yeah, Geardorks Gary. Yeah, and really just the real basics of you know what we're doing is it's a, it's a site where you guys go to and you make a free account. You don't have to pay anything. You can list up whatever you want. You can see but some if, examples if on there. If you do sign up for the paid memberships, that gives you automatic automatic entry into the gun giveaways. If you do the uh, 50 cal membership, that gets you a free t-shirt every month and a couple other goodies, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, you guys go on there, check it's it tough. out, go to the giveaways tab. So yeah, there's always going to be the free version. I never wanted to charge people. If they don't want to pay, that's cool. Go on there, use it to utilize, you know, meet people, sell your shit, buy stuff, whatever. Um, and like C said, we got our middle membership, which is our 556 membership. So um, 19 bucks a month and you get percent off merch, you get a chance to win that giveaway. And then $39 a month, we're sending you guys a shirt every month um, and you get a chance to win. So we got a really, really cool gun coming up for october we're excited to announce it's really popular in the community right now um yeah and it, that's really kind of the thing we like doing fun media fun videos whatever and we're, we're obviously you know really trying to trying to grow it's just a lot between steve and parker the yeah. veterans we got ben who's dod um, i'm not a veteran myself but you know we're all it's just a good group of dudes we're trying to make something happen that 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 this country really um needs you know and push the correct message and everybody everybody every single person that gets involved is a wealth of knowledge in their own right whether it be whether it comes to the discord we even talk about car stuff we talk about life stuff all all kinds of a lot of dad advice good dad advice some really good dad advice in there (laughs) but it it, it's if we're trying to build a bit of a community that's you know it's one of these internet communities but still a, a wealth of knowledge that can be tapped into and Everybody, everybody that's involved has their own perspective on things, which is great. Not to say everybody's a special snowflake, but everybody <laughs> bring everybody brings something to the table, which is fine. Yeah, I love the idea of it though, too. That's it's such a great idea. Anything that's building and bringing people together today, I'm all for it. Any of this shit that's there's so yeah. much division out there and so much negativity. This is all good, you know. And and you know, like you said before, guns get a bad rep sometimes. And it's, I think it's done intentionally. I think that's part of the psyop is, is hundred percent. that. 100%. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. They don't want yep. people to know how to operate. It's one thing that could take them down. Nope. Nope. Yeah. No competition whatsoever. Exactly. And grow, trying to grow a brand new business in this culture and, you know, in this reality that we're living in, it's really sad that, you know, we deal with trying to push ads or social media or whatever, and we get shut down for everything. So it's only yep. going to grow organically. So that's why I was really, really thankful and happy that you guys had us on tonight um, because there's, it's going to end up being word of mouth. I mean, we try to create ads, push them, monetize things, and we get shot down for literally everything. There's nothing that we can do about it. So it's a very difficult business to grow, but you know, I've always in my businesses that I've done and stuff, I like the challenge and it, it's kind of fun, you know, honestly. Because it's more of like uh-huh. a middle finger to the people that are stopping us. It's all the cucks at Facebook and, you know, Meta and all the people that these little interns and stuff that are, you know, I could go. Let's say the G words, yeah. man. Gods and guns. Don't anything promoting that. You're you're gonna get banned. 
Meanwhile, the G word, G words is the only thing that'll save our save not only the country but the world. Yeah, good point. It's certainly not a certain orange man or a retarded old man that shits his pants. So neither of them are going to save us. Well, gentlemen, thank you. This was awesome, man. We'll definitely have you guys back on. I appreciate that, uh, Matt. Thank you for having us come on, man. I really appreciate it. For sure. Drew, I love what you got going on there, my friends. Thanks, man. Um, Cries in Australian gun restrictions. I'm hoping you guys bring out a a midnight flyover package for Australians and sneak them in. Um, uh, 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 Yeah, Yeah, but you all got the boomerang. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Drew, Drew, are you guys at least allowed to have archery down there? Yeah, yeah. I've got four rounds myself. I'm a hunter, so I'm fine. I mean, uh, we just don't get all the fun stuff like you've got. Uh, I got you. Drew, real quick being australian you know do you follow the account the garbage human account on instagram and stuff i don't believe i do oh, oh you 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 ought to <laughs> you'll enjoy it very uh based <laughs> he, australian he call, account he calls out all of the degeneracy in the world yeah it's great and put and it, it's fire it's <laughs> <laughs> i'll give it a look <laughs> uh yeah drew missing from your missing the point podcast um check out my stuff find it Heavily shadow banned. I've been search suggestion banned on Twitter. So now I've got Zuck cucking me, but yeah. Ryan's joined us over at Conspiracy Theater 3000. So we're doing some really fun breakdowns of films. Um, Yeah, check that out. You'll enjoy it. That's one of my favorite shows, man. I love it. Every movie you've done so far is I've gone and watched right after I listened to the show and I'm like, I'm still picking stuff up. It's great. Excellent. Well, thank you, Drew. I appreciate it, my friends. Anytime, you're more than welcome to come back. Rye, what do you got going on? Same old stuff, man. Yeah, those uh, Conspiracy Theater 3000s are super fun to do. Still thankful that I get to do those every month. Um, But yeah, man, uh, only thing I just wanted to promote, because it's doing surprisingly well, we didn't think it was going to work so well, is those soaps. Uh, Conspiracy Soap, check it out. I got links in all my shows. Uh, all natural soap, all healthy stuff, just uh, conspiratorially themed. And uh, we're, we're, I would show you some, but I, I don't have any to show you right now. So pretty excited about that. And um, people seem to like them, man. So see what the fuss is about. Uh, I know I told you I just sold out, but some more is on the way. It's going to be here this week. So let me know, guys. But uh, what about you, dude? What do you got going on? Nothing, man. I'm balls deep in kids' activities right now. He's doing baseball and jujitsu, so it's like every day of the week. So I haven't had a ton of time to do shit, but I put out the COVID clip show last week, and uh, I'm gonna do another one of those because I found I had some people send me stuff and found yeah. so many more. It's just insane what went on for like a three year period and the shit people were allowed to say, and it's just I I, I still don't believe it. Some of this stuff is asinine you know music videos from the dancing nurses to the god you know for, the, don't get me vaccine. started on the tiktok nurses yeah i mean I think the, just, all of it it was they just, belong it, to the streets the just, mayor eating the french fries i think was the moment oh, I was like, oh the Blasio. that's <laughs> that my favorite stick? one I, yeah, I'm like one by far there's a burger component to this you know Dude, like yeah. uh, what god didn't even you know come that, with a drink yeah he's not a puerto rican you know that uh that just whatever that like thing is that you can have like not a dysphoria like a bottom line is I hate when people chew like and you can hear it like I'm one of those like in effect like I can't stand it. I used to like give my dad shit all the if time. If you follow his so personal bad. page, his rants are phenomenal. Yeah, if you're into Mustang <laughs> stuff and I just I rant on my stories, wakey five point twos on there all the time. But um 
anyway, when I heard that de Blasio dude, I was like, that's it. It's over. <laughs> There's no coming back from this. <laughs> no, like, yeah, just, no, no. We, we already didn't like New York city. Now it's, it's just, and I, I went to college across the river from there in Hoboken. Like, Oh God, I didn't even go in because it's that much of a shithole. And it was a 20 minute train ride to get there. <laughs> yeah. It's York, such York a shit. Sucks, dude. It's awful. Which That's is a, shame, a solid it, idea for an episode, shame. though, Matt. You said you're doing another one. Yeah. That's dope. Oh yeah, yeah I, I got. I did two and a half hours worth of clips already, and I got probably another <laughs> two and a half. I got about right. thirty minutes into it driving around today, Matt, and I gotta say, so far so good. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. human it's zoo. Got... The human zoo episode was also wild. Oh, dude, that's some wild shit, man. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I. I'm said I was we we're packing up and moving to this house and I was listening to it. I'm like oh my god man, I have no idea there's so much of the shit we just no one knows man so it's nope, cool you just doing got this. swept under the rug and that's why that's why I love this whole media you know the whole idea of podcasts is everybody's got their own set of interests everybody brings something different to the table and you know when you find a good one there's nothing better it's like sitting down and and listening to whether it's history whether it's just guys shooting the shit I really think the podcast platform is the way to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, as long as all right, boys, now we're good. This yeah. has been great. Thank you very all very much. Have a great night. Everyone stay strong. Question everything. EC wars of the late 1800s with his arch nemesis Thomas Edison over which current to run through wires newly powering cities and world fairs alike. Nikola Tesla was determined to demonstrate the capacity to transmit wireless electricity freely by way of his copper coiled towers, connecting a circuit between heaven and earth, between sky and ground, drawing energy from the extant and omnipresent ether. The question I am raising is, did the ancients and ancestors know the secrets of the electric universe and weave into the fabric of their architecture, sacred and otherwise, this gnosis, rooted as it is in the teachings of the esoteric and alchemical, the principles of principles and sages, Did advanced old-world buildings made of charge-producing piezoelectric stone shaped into sacred, geometric, self-similar fractal forms and gilded with charge-conducting precious metals on rooftops, domes, and spires with their towers, peaks, bells, and organs still intact vibrate with life, lifting the spirit and consciousness within its occupants while projecting outwardly through cymatic portals of stone and prismatic leaded glass, itself a silica cousin of quartz, as sound waves rippling ever outward into the air, like light stirring up the ether, illuminating a path homeward to the divine. And if so, then we as spiritual beings having a physical experience belong to this architecture, imbued as it is within the boundless limits of natural law, perhaps even more than it belongs to us.